What is up? We are back. Welcome to the third annual Super Bowl special here on Football Life Presents the Audible. I am your host, Randy Hammond, alongside my co-host, Matt Bushnell. We're going to have a number of guests joining us as the show progresses here. We already have Corey Decker hopping on here. I'm going to go down the line, ask everyone how they're doing. But Matt, I got to start with you, bud. How's it going? We got a big game on Sunday. Yeah, we do. And, you know, um, I think one of the biggest things that I can say is in Arizona, it's 82 degrees today, my friend. I know it's a little <laughs> chillier in New York City, or not New York City, but New Albany, York New, New York State, upstate New York State. And <laughs> I know you had some snow meltage today. So congrats. Yeah, well, you're going to make some people upset by saying New York City with me. So uh. oh, they'll get over it. I, I don't worry about people. That's the thing about me, sir. I just do what I need to do. That's right. I, I will argue I'm a New Yorker to death and uh, 50, almost 50 degrees today. So a lot of ice and snow melting. We got to love that. As you see on your screen, Corey and Vince joining us for our Super Bowl special um, episode 96 of this audible. We're almost at a hundred map. So we're going to have all these guys probably back for a special edition for that. But Corey, I'll start with you. You got your Larry Fitz jersey on. Uh, you're also out in Arizona. Uh, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining us. You know, it's Thanks for having me on. It's it's really something. I don't know if Matt ran into this, but I just broke my back shoveling sunshine out here. You know, it's Jesus. such a pain. Such a pain. Right, well, Corey's muted for the rest of the show, so uh, <laughs> enough of that nonsense. Uh, Vince, you also have some warm weather comment you want to make towards me, I assume? Yeah, it was freezing today in low 60. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I hear you, man. I can totally relate to what you go through every winter. Vince is in some kind of echo chamber too, which is really adding to his aura. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, two... he, he might be in the subway trapped with the rats. <laughs> well, maybe that computer had too much of Donk City last night. So, uh, yeah. uh, and it, it's crazy because we're going to have guests that uh, cover sports that had some news today, including Vince and Henry, who have baseball uh, typically on, on Donk City. And uh, we're having some, some Manfred uh, news that came out today. And then basketball trade deadline, we're going to have Jacob and Leon on. I don't know how Leon has time for us with, <laughs> with his nets involved in the mega trade today. Um, a lot of sports happening, but we know football is king and we are going to continue with that. But before we move on and to any of the news, Matt Bushnell, number 96, episode 96, this is a defensive tackle number if there is one um, and I'll just say the first one that comes to mind for me is Barry Cofield he used to be a stud DT uh, for the Giants back in the day and I was definitely angry when he left but a uh, really good player uh, in his own right so who do you got for number 96 I think I know where you're going with this one do you I mean I, I'm gonna go Alex Brown defensive okay. end for the Bears um, who, who do you think I was going with I thought Eddie Goldman wore 96 but um, I, you know, if they cut Eddie Goldman tomorrow, I throw a party. All right, I just thought I was trying to think where your brain was going first, and uh, that's it's not what happened, so that's okay. Um, all right, well, as you see, Leon now joining us here, and Leon, uh, he's connected to the audio, but I'm pretty sure he can hear me. Um, look, you got football on the show here, but the Nets with a massive trade today, how can you possibly make time for us today? Well, <laughs> Wait, do we not have Leon? I, I, I think Leon is. <laughs> this is this is the Super Bowl special, folks. This is uh, hectic. This is going to be one for the ages. Uh, all right, Matt. So let's get into the news then. I'll touch base with Leon throughout the show, and we'll, we'll get his thoughts uh, as we progress. But we have some news. We're going to touch on coaching hires, and the last one we talked about was Josh McDaniels with the Raiders. Um, now we all of the coaching positions have been filled. 
Um, let's start in Jacksonville, Matt Bushnell. Uh, Doug Peterson is the guy that they decided to hire. Obviously won the Super Bowl with the Eagles uh, four years ago now. Um, look, I think it's a strong hire for Trevor Lawrence, but ultimately I think the Jags process is, is chaotic and I don't think they got their number one guy, um, but I don't hate the Peterson hire here. Yeah, to me, when your team sets up as Byron left, which was the number one, you know, coming into the hiring season, and you just go from rumors that Balky's going to be fired, it was disorganized, disjointed. We really didn't know who was going to be named the head coach of this team, when really it should have been left, which in my opinion. Um, Peterson offers some some comforting things, but I think what we're seeing from the Andy Reid coaching tree is the ability the inability to adapt, you know, I don't think Doug Peterson adapted when it came to Philadelphia and when they got Jalen Hurts. Um, I can tell you right now, Matt Nagy did not adapt at all in Chicago with Mitch Trubisky and Justin Fields. And then Frank Reich in Indianapolis, it's kind of hard to judge. I think he probably has a second most success behind Peterson, but really that Carson Wentz trade, which he was really the driver of, it's looking bad. So we start taking a look at the Andy Reid tree. Doug Peterson's a retread. Don't love it. Yeah, to me, it speaks volumes on the Jaguars' uh, <laughs> sort of dysfunction down there, considering that they're, a few of their head coaching hires just dropped out of the race and said, no, thank you on that. So uh, don't hate it, but don't love it at the same time. Uh, Leon, do we have you now? Can you hear me? Yep, I, I can hear you. All right. Well, he figured out the audio issues. And uh, look, you, you, your Nets make a massive trade today. I don't know how you could possibly make time for us, but it's good to have you. How you doing? Um, <clears throat> doing pretty good, brother. Uh, yeah, big trade went down in the NBA. I'm very shocked that it even happened. But, you know, uh, I'm glad to talk some football. I, I know big game coming up. My, my guy is in it, and I'm, I'm super excited. Yes, and we're happy to have you, of course. And uh, it's good to see you. And it looks like Vince might have connected to a microphone there. So, Vince, I'll toss it to you here on the Doug Peterson front. Uh, we face Doug Peterson quite a bit as Giants fans here. What do you make of him in Jacksonville? First of all, can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Okay. Yeah, I was going to talk shit about weather, and I lost that opportunity. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I'll pass on that. Doug Peterson, you know, I liked. Doug Peterson, um, I, I think you always bring up a good point about Frank Reich that <laughs> maybe he was the brains behind the operation. That Eagles team was electric when it was in the Super Bowl and made that run against the Patriots on offense. Um, it destroyed, I mean, we've never seen the Patriots defense get destroyed like that in the Super Bowl. So overall, I like Doug Peterson's body of work. I think I understand why the Eagles let him go, but I also kind of felt like maybe that shouldn't have been the end of his career. So I like it in that regard. I'm totally with Matt, though, just in that Byron Leftwich was like a no-brainer deal for the Jaguars, and I have no idea why that did not happen. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, uh, just, you know, seems like the Khan family and uh, a number of other factors, maybe Balky kind of messed that whole situation up. So uh, and that's how you get end up Peterson. Like I said, I don't think it's the worst hire in the world, but it sort of uh, doesn't move the needle for everyone, I would say. It looks like now we have Lucas uh, on the call here today. Lucas, you're also a familiar face here. We don't have any new guests. All you guys are recurring. We got to love to see it. You have firsthand audible experience. Lucas, it's good to see you. How you doing? Pretty good, guys. How you doing? Good. Uh, well, we're gonna. I'm gonna just start with you on the next head coaching hire since you faced him, and then I'll get Matt's thoughts because he coached his team. But the Texans deciding to hire in-house uh, with Lovey Smith, 
you know, I, I think the Texans also have a very dysfunctional process as well with how they hire things. And, and Lovey Smith, uh, you know, I think has had an up and down career since he left the Bears um, probably about 10 years ago now. So uh, Lovey Smith, the Texans, is this another one of these David Culley situations where he's going to get fired after a year? Or do you think that he actually has a chance to help build something there? Um, you know, I, I don't know about build long term, but, you know, he, he may bring them back to you know, relevancy in a sense. Uh, it seems like just kind of a, a we don't know what to do sort of hire. He's already in-house. He's a, an established coach because it seems like, you know, love and, and I like Lovey Smith, but, you know, he's an older defensive coach and the whole league seems to be going younger and offensive. So maybe maybe going against the grain might, might help, but I, I just think it's kind of a, a panic hire in a sense. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. Uh, sort of up against it with who was available and what you had. And, you know, Matt, uh, oh, you're the Bears fan here, obviously. And, you know, other than the beard, uh, why do you think that uh, Lovey Smith was the, the decision here for, for uh, the Texans? I'm going to preface by saying he may not have been the, you know, the choice that everyone saw coming. And they definitely screwed it up. But he is absolutely the right choice for this job. We take a look at the dysfunction and issues in Houston and Lovey Smith's that calming, you know, stable voice in Chicago, you know, it was a lot of underwhelming, but you knew what you were getting. And what I find interesting is that Pep Hamilton's going to be the offensive coordinator for the Texans, which is absolutely the right call. I, I think that's fantastic. Um, and then the weird part about this hire is that the Texans are not hiring a defensive coordinator. Lovey's going to be running the entire defense. So it's a little different. I, we'd be amiss at how Vince said Peterson, you know, Philadelphia would just kind of felt like a bad ending. I think Lovey Smith exemplifies that more so than anybody else in this hiring cycle with what happened to him in Tampa. Um, the team just got Jameis Winston after one year and they were in love with Dirk Cutter. And they end up firing Lovey because they didn't want Dirk Cutter getting a head coaching position somewhere else. Well, it turns out he was a terrible head coach, just completely awful. And that franchise never really recovered until they got Bruce Arians and then Tom Brady and won last year's Super Bowl. So I think Lovey can bring us a level of stability. You know what you're going to get. He's going to be preaching takeaways. I don't know if this hires enough to lure Deshaun Watson back into the fold. And I don't know really who wants Deshaun Watson at this point. But if I'm Houston, the first thing I want to fix is that Watson relationship and then start getting Lovey the pieces he needs on defense. Yeah, I, you know, you, you're right. I mean, I, I don't know the long-term uh, chances that Lovey's going to get, but I do think you're right. The veteran leadership that he has, the experience he has, is going to be good for a roster that's sort of in transition mode. Uh, and I think the Texans are going to remain competitive and maybe not win a ton of games, but at least be respectable. And I think he was a big part of that last year. Um, so I don't hate the hire either for the Texans. So uh, if you're watching us on live on Facebook, you see we have another familiar face that just joined us rocking his New York Jets gear, Jacob uh, from the step back over <laughs> in basketball life. Uh, and we have both audible. We have, we have all kinds of podcast representation here now, Jacob also upstate New York, by the way. So we can at least get some more cold weather here. Uh, <laughs> how's it going, I'm over it. You're over it. I'm over <laughs> okay. it. <man. laughs> All right. 
Well, you know, I think, you know, it's funny. We're talking about the Super Bowl and so many of us root for teams that uh, are not even close to being in the Super Bowl. And I can't help but to think of that when I see your Dutch jersey, Jake. I'm so sorry about the that. But it's not you. It's not just you. It's okay. Leon is essentially in the Super Bowl with Matt Stafford, just for the record. Oh, I mean, let's stop that. I mean, he, he basically said it. He said mm. so. No. Nah. <laughs> not at all. I'm surprised we don't see a Lions number nine jersey for the record. I, I thought for sure he was breaking it up. No, I figured I'd give you the uh, studious look today. <laughs> Very professional. Right. Very professional. I like the, absolutely. I love the color. <laughs> 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 but all right, we're going to continue with the coaching conversation. Matt, I'm going to stick right with you because I feel like you know more about Dennis Allen than anyone else here. Um, but he gets the Saints job after the Sean Payton retirement announcement. Um, and he was the defensive coordinator, seemingly the Tom Brady stopper, um, had previous head coaching experience. So it makes sense to promote within for, for the Saints here. Uh, and I think this is, uh, is not a home run, but ultimately like a really good move for them. Yeah, I think the move's okay. I mean, Dennis Allen is a defensive guru. Um, a lot of people are going to point to us. I believe it was eight and twenty-eight record or something like that with the, the the then Oakland Raiders. I don't have to put a dollar in the jar because they were in Oakland during this time. But De- Dennis Allen was a largely unsuccessful head coach there. But when you take a look at the Raiders at that time, it was largely dysfunctional. Um, really, a rudderless direction of a franchise with. Al Davis close to passing away and Reggie McKenzie really not doing much there. So I like this move for Dennis Allen and the Saints for a couple of reasons. One, that defense is going to stay cohesive. You know, the salary cap is not going to be pretty for this team. This is really the kind of the last year that they're going to have to suffer with salary cap issues. But that Taysom Hill contract is going to be a burden on them because now they need to look at the quarterback position. The Saints could move up. And I think it's going to be very interesting how Dennis Allen approaches the offensive side of the football. Are they going to take a chance on the quarterback or are they going to build up on the defense and try to remain status quo, probably an eight to nine to 10 win team somewhere in that range. So the saints are in a good position because Brady's gone supposedly. And you'd almost have to put that team right up there with the bucks to compete now, but it's not a strong division, but keeping Dennis Allen, you keep some cohesion. So I think the Saints will be another top 10 defense, but really offense is their problem. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Sean Payton was the one that loved Taysom Hill, too, so I don't know what to expect at the quarterback front uh, for them. I know uh, Jacob is probably a big Dennis Allen guy, considering that he made Tom Brady look worse than anyone else has uh, in the last 10 years. <laughs> so, Jake, you, you, what do you think of the Dennis Allen? You, you like it for New Orleans? Absolutely. And they're, they pride themselves on defense for the most part. And – I think he'll, you know, bring that mental – keep the mental toughness with them. And – but they have a lot of work to do, especially on offensive end. You know, you lose a guy like Breeze, that, that guy that was big for the organization. So, Taysom Hill, even playing against the Jets, I didn't see a damn thing where you can show – he showed me that he can be like a, you know, 17-game starting quarterback. He, he's like a – I don't want to say a one-trick pony, but he's more of a, a gimmick QB. I want to say that. You know, he'll pull out the option or do something like that. But getting the ball down the field, I don't really see much to him. And they really have to – they got to do something about that position. But Dennis Allen, I honestly (coughs) – excuse me. I think they'll do well, to be honest. 
wonder what he's going to do without Mr. Brady there to make to make look bad. Maybe he just shifts his focus to Matt Ryan now. Uh, but <laughs> that shouldn't be that hard. No? <laughs> it won't be nearly as difficult. Um, and we have breaking news. We have uh, Henry Maldonado Jr., our fearless leader and life groups here joining us. And this was unexpected because I thought Henry said he couldn't join us. So uh, repping the Niners and anything else, probably doing my taxes as we speak. Uh, Henry, it's good to see you, my friend. How you doing? And welcome to the show. Ironically enough, your taxes is number two in this pile. So yeah, yes. <laughs> so I'm I'm putting you on the back burner so I can spend some time with you. <laughs> well, you know that's okay. I'd rather have you come on and spend some time with us. All of us are very happy to yes. see your, your face, and it's perfect timing because now we transition into our Mike McDaniel conversation. Because all right, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> he got hired by the Miami Dolphins <laughs> to be their head coach. He was uh, your Niners offensive coordinator. I don't know much about the guy other than some clips that have resurfaced. He doesn't look like a head coach. He kind of has this cool personality to him. He seems like just a generic stoner, but uh, he heads to Southern Florida now to bring some of that Niners offense, which, uh, you know, the run dominant uh, tight end focused offense to Miami. Tell me a little bit about the guy. and What do you expect him to do down there in Miami? If Vince was an NFL head coach, this would be him. <laughs> that's probably the best way to put it he, the dude is quirky he has a way with words he's uh he, he has a very unique uh you know personality and uh and style but I, I like I've always liked him his press conferences were always entertaining as hell um <clears throat> the last press conference he had with the media they were just throwing roses at this dude you know in the event that this was his last presser so uh, I think he's gonna do well there he did take um John Embry with him. And I just saw that he also poached Wes Welker to be Miami's wide receiver coach as well. So he's, he's, he's taken a lot away from us. So I think he's going to do well there. Uh, Miami has a lot of, of shit going on. Um, Brian Flores mess. Brian Flores was a good coach. I don't care what you say, man. He took that squad to two winning seasons and that, that's, that deserves something. Um, He's pretty confident if he thinks he can, you know, take over that mess over there and succeed. So I wish him luck. The dude's a, he's a good dude. Absolutely. And I, and, you know, I do think Brian Flores was a really good coach and uh, that situation we're going to avoid for timing purposes today, but we'll <laughs> touch on that at another show. Um, but big fill, uh, shoes to fill, I think, for Mike McDaniel. Now, Matt, I think the reason that he was hired and they made this transition other than some other issues with Flores is that they need some consistency on the offensive side of the ball. Specifically, he needs to help develop Tua Tagovailoa, and I think that is number one reason why he got hired here. And if he doesn't do that, it might not last. But don't you agree that this is Miami's offense, nothing to really be intimidated by? So I think that's why they shifted to an offensive mind. Yeah, I, I know. Honestly, I couldn't tell you because this offense needs a lot of work. The offensive line's not great. The wide receiver position, yeah, I, I like Jalen Waddell. I'll be interested to see how he can develop. Um, but the big thing for me is Tua. And we talked about it throughout the season, Randy. I thought he kind of turned that corner. And then when it came back and you just, you felt deflated, you know, he just had that terrible game that basically cost him a chance at the playoffs. And, and now they're bringing in Mike McDaniel, who, you know, I, I, I'm just, I, I hate this part of the game. We don't know exactly play calling, if he's calling plays, I don't know if it matters as much, but the fact that he never called plays, I, th I think we over, that gets overblown sometimes. Can the guy lead a football team? And I don't know if he can. And this is the scary part where everyone just takes whoever's related or who's ever in that Shanahan circle um, of trust. And now we're putting all our hopes into that basket. 
you know, we're going to talk about another guy that Lucas is going to have some input on, I'm sure. But this this hire leaves me a little lackluster. I, I Brian Flores, and I know we're going to talk about it. I'm not going to get into the situation, but you went from a coach like Brian Flores to a guy like Mike McDaniel. Um, you know, you can be funny. You can have quotes. You can have all this. But at the end of the day, it's a results-driven business, and he's never really done this before, like a lot of these guys. So it's hard for me to judge on the face. I just think they took a step down in coaching. I think that's fair. <laughs> I think the whole uh, league did when, when Brian Flores doesn't have a job. So uh, I, I don't know I, if he'll be I'd but, like but. to say one thing. If you look at the weapons Miami has, they're like a poor man 49ers in terms of weapons. So I, I think they don't have the offensive line to do it. No, they, they definitely don't. But they do have the tight end. They do have the wide receivers and they, they do have things that they, they have a mobile quarterback. There's a lot of scheme that he can run there that I think he can, you know, pull out some uh, some bag of tricks like he did with us. Definitely. And he might have to get that medical marijuana card because it's uh, not quite legal there in, Mar- in uh, Florida quite yet, Vince. Why don't you get going here? Come on, man. I mean, let's go. <laughs> get with it. <laughs> 2080, baby. Here we come, 2080. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our last head coaching hire, and this is uh, last for a reason because it's an easiest transition into the Super Bowl conversation. Uh, but Kevin O'Connell, the Rams offensive coordinator, is set to be the Vikings' new head coach. Uh, and we do have our resident Vikings fan, of course, on the show to talk about this, Lucas. Um, you know, you had Zimmer for quite a while here, uh, and now you have a new um, seemingly progressive offensive mind. Maybe he'll keep Cousins. Maybe he'll unleash Cousins. I don't know. Uh, but what are your thoughts on the hire? And uh, you like it, dislike it? What are your thoughts? Well, it was obviously a more drawn-out process, and they wanted to get exactly who they wanted, brought in everybody from Jim Harbaugh to seem like every coordinator in the league except for Byron Leftwich, Byron Leftwich and uh, Eric Bieniemy for some reason. But um, all in all, I, I do like the pairing with our young GM. Uh, I think it's also a good pairing for potentially a young quarterback to come in. Uh, I think I think it's up in the air with Turk, at least for this season. I think they will ride it out with him. Uh, that's such a big cap hit. It's going to be hard. You're going to have to at least eat some of that if you move it, you know. So I I, I think they'll just ride it out with him this year and uh, O'Connell. And I, I, I think he will bring something good for that. But I think he is there for uh, a quarterback that I think they will draft this year, actually. Did you think for a second you were going to end up getting Harbaugh because that was he was in the building and it um, seemed like they were going to make an offer? Yeah, I mean it. It seems like uh, when you first hear, always it, the first thing that came out was he's going back to Michigan. So you figure, oh, they they ruined it, which I mean could potentially still be what it was. But it seems like as you hear things coming out that they chose O'Connell over him. He was in the building for nine hours and no offer was made and I think he just went back to Michigan but yeah I I that day I definitely thought Harbaugh was going to be our coach for sure (laughs) so yeah I mean yeah and and that's that was the direction I wanted them to go uh but all in all I think this is probably the the I don't want to say the better hire I think Harbaugh would have been the more exciting hire and I think he would have made us competitive quicker but I think this is a better long-term hire probably 
Yeah, I definitely agree because, you know, you still have the – he's young. At, and the, really what we say the trend-wise in the hiring process is that all of these guys are pretty young for the most part, uh, all under 50. Uh, most of them are closer to their 40s and their 50s, so um, definitely a trend there. And you, you have the uh, – the, what I like the comparison, and maybe this is a reach by me, but they had, he had worked with Cooper Cup obviously, with the Rams. Now he gets another elite receiver, Justin Jefferson. Um, the quarterbacks, I, I think Stafford is ultimately better, but Cousins isn't exactly – I don't think he's too different. I think they're both pocket guys who, you know, are, are prone to mis- make mistakes, but um, I think you'll have success. Um, Corey, you play against Kevin O'Connell and the Rams twice a year. I know how much you love the Rams. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> on a basis. Um, I don't know how much you know about Kevin O'Connell, but um, tell me a little bit about the Rams offense and what maybe the Vikings can expect when they hire a guy like this. You know, it's really something because this was the guy that Sean McVay hired right after he came out and said, I don't want to call plays anymore. Now, you know, we, we've joked about uh, Jared Goff being, you know, SpongeBob and Sean McVay is over giving him all the answers. Well, O'Connell did the same thing with, with Goff. You know, he came to the, came to the Rams in 2020. Uh, the Rams have had a lot of uh, – they've been hit hard at the running back position, and this guy has always been able to adapt. So I really think that pairing him with Cousins is, is going to do a lot of good things with the Vikings. I agree. Leon, uh, he comes to your division to, to for your Vikings. Um, is he striking fear with you, or as long as they have Kirk Cousins, it really doesn't make a difference? Well, for one, I won't take this golf slander any longer. Um, <laughs> two, um, you know, considering kneecaps are going to be gone next season, I, I, I won't, I'm not too worried about uh, O'Connor and his offense, because although you, you look at the history he might have with uh, Cup and those receivers. And granted, Minnesota receivers are very good. Jefferson and uh, Dillon, who didn't even have a full year. Uh, but their, the defensive side of the ball uh, is really lacking. I, and Minnesota really doesn't have a history of any type of success or, you know, really a good state for a choke job. So uh, I'm, I'm not too worried <laughs> yeah, about uh, you Minnesota. Be there to Choke, Leon, man. You got to be there to choke. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Bushnell, NFC North rivalry, you want to chime in? <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, I, I go back to this, and I said this, and I've hammered this point in so many chats. Um, to me, it's great. You hired an offensive coach. You hired a defense coach, whatever. You know, it's head coach is totally different than running an offense or any of this. You know, we start talking about scheme and everything that. The biggest misnomer is the McVeigh and Shanahan. You know, Kyle Shanahan has has had the luxury of seeing his dad up close for umpteenth years. And then he also went with Gary Kubiak when Kubiak was in Houston. So Kyle's been seeing head coaches operate for a long time. McVeigh seems to me as the misnomer here, the guy with the shortest amount of experience. Um, and then we get to LaFleur, who just landed in the coziest of cozy situations. But it seems like this team, the Vikings, are trying to recreate what the Packers have done by hiring a McVay guy. And I don't know if it's going to work. You know, Cousins to me is the perfectly flawed quarterback. When there's no pressure, the, the guy is a top 10 quarterback. I mean, you just you can't deny the numbers. He's, he's pretty good. But to me, when the pressure's on him, when he has to make a play, it, it's that back-breaking play. Now, I will say, I agree with getting rid of Zimmer. I'm not sure if I agree with getting rid of Spielman. 
And I know it's two different sides of the fence here with the GM, but to me, Minnesota needs to get a defensive lineman that can create pressure so they don't have to blitz to generate quarterback sacks. That's going to be a huge issue. Can the secondary hold up? With that being said, I mean, as long as number 12 is still in Green Bay, it doesn't matter who any of these teams have hired. All three quarterbacks in this division under, you know, number 12, the, the gap is as wide as the Grand Canyon. So, you know, if you're playing for the future, I think very much to what Lucas said is oh, very valid. Draft a young quarterback, you know, have Cousins be that placeholder. I think it would be a big mistake if they offered him that contract extension because you've already gone as far as you're going to go with Cousins. I think we all agree. He's had Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, Dalvin Cook, Kyle Rudolph, um, missing Justin Jefferson there. So he's had all these weapons. He's had decent O-lines. He's had bad O-lines. And I, I think we see the ceiling for this team, and that's, you know, a first or second round playoff exit. Did you think for a second Harbaugh was getting that job, Matt? I did. <laughs> and I, I would have been very angry, very jealous, and very hurt if they got Harbaugh. I, I, I think Harbaugh would have elevated that team. Because really the Vikings flaws are is the mental side of it. Like we talked about Atlanta when they blew the Super Bowl to the Patriots and then, you know, up 28 to three, that mental part just sticks with you. Harbaugh is the type of guy where he's just going to beat the hell out of you. And then eventually it's going to get beaten out of your brain. And the only thing you're going to think about is contact. So to, to me, the Vikings lost so many close games. And when a team starts thinking about all the what ifs, it can carry into next season. And that's a problem. Well, Michigan can have those what ifs for the rest of time. So uh, good for them on that. Uh, good, happy for Vince there. And Henry can speak to that probably better than anybody with the what ifs with Harbaugh. So uh. I love when Matt, when Matt was talking about, you know, the quarterback there, I'm like, is he talking about Jimmy G? Who is he talking about? Like everything he was describing, I'm like, who the fuck is he talking about? Like, yeah, he's talking about how the division, the divisional rounds, the ceiling for the Vikings, but with Harbaugh, so that means they'll lose a Super Bowl instead. Like he's still not going to win a Super Bowl. So, well, the win. I, I will say that's that it wasn't Harbaugh's fault, but it was his fault because he leaned on Greg Roman. And Greg Roman refused to run the ball at the one yard line. Yeah. Four straight downs with Hall of Fame running back Frank Gore in the backfield. I'll never not one, R- not one RPO with Kaepernick. Like that's you have Kaepernick, you have Frank Gore, and you run yeah. four passing plays to sorry ass Crabtree. Well, let's not forget they were down a thousand in that game. Like it, it's not like that was the one. Like they were down what twenty points at one point. So they came back. Beyonce's check cleared. It would have been the greatest comeback ever. Mm-hmm. everything fell at the one yard line. Like you said, you, you have Kaepernick running RPO. You have Frank Gore for fuck's sake. Run the ball. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere Marshawn Lynch is rolling his eyes. <laughs> I was yes. going to say, that sounds awfully familiar <laughs> a little later on. No, they were good with passing there. They're good. <laughs> yeah, it was with, it was with the NFC West and just absolutely blowing <laughs> it at the goal line when it matters most. <laughs> well, I, everyone I mean, except the cardinals you have to get there in order to blow it <laughs> well if, if memory served me right Corey, and i'm sure you you love this memory right before halftime the cardinals are what on the 10 yard line five oh, yard God. line and warner throws a pick six to who else but james harrison Oof. <laughs> oh my god 
I'm gonna Google how to cancel you guys, man. That's why are you bring that shit up? <laughs> hey, Harbaugh is probably good in Super Bowls where the power stays on. You know, that was probably it. I'll say this: if there's a division that's great at losing Super Bowls by making dumb mistakes, it's the NFC West. Yeah. Oh. Or, well, yeah, or, over, or overthrowing guys who are wide open. I mean, <laughs> you see that Brady stat, right? He was like 500 in his career against the NFC West, and yet it was the NFC East, the only team to beat him in the Super Bowl. Wow. That's, yeah. that's the, you know, pretty damning. The NFC West plays great regular season, and the Super Bowl, if you're using the Brady metric, they just shit their pants. <laughs> my, my two Super Bowl losses was about as brutal as they come, man. Oh, yeah. Man, this year, I, I love the fact that the Cardinals paid tribute by putting up this many points in a playoff game. <laughs> yeah, someone who had the over in that game. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> you screwed my, my four-game parlay my, my four with that one, so I, I really appreciate the Cardinals for doing that. Uh, okay. Well, there is one late game left to bet on here in the, in the football season. It is Super Bowl 56. It is finally time now to talk about it. Um, the Rams and Bengals, it is uh, one of the weirder matchups I can remember, but it is still a really great game on paper. I really do think that. Um, and I don't think the storylines are quite as there, quite like the last two years. But nonetheless, I do think we're in for a really good one here. The Rams open up as a four and a half point favorite in their home stadium, but they are the away team for for how whatever reason I think the Chargers or the AFC representative would have been the AFC representative. Uh, so therefore, the Rams are wearing their away uniforms, but they still get to stay in their home locker rooms so it's a whole weird situation out there in los angeles at sofi stadium but before we get into the game you know the super bowl is a spectacle it's not just one game everyone just blah 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 it's like it's a whole thing it's for casual fans um it's a whole day and obviously it's a day that people look forward to so every year for me I look forward to it. I throw a big party. I hang out with my friends. I really get into it. I mean, a lot of you guys we've had on before and kind of go through with what some of your traditions are. I would say my only main tradition is that I make buffalo chicken dip every single year, no matter where the party is, what I'm doing. Everyone tells me I have to make it wherever I go, whether people are coming over or I'm going there. That is the tradition. It doesn't matter where I am. That is it. I make it pretty good. I would say like, I'm not quite saying I'm a chef like Donnie or anything like that in food life, but I think I, I got it down at this point where it's pretty good. Um, so I want to go down the line. I want to get some of your Super Bowl traditions, what you guys are doing for game day this year. Um, Matt, you know, you're the guy, you're my co-host. We've been rocking all year long. I'll start with you. Uh, are you keeping, you're laying low with the, with the kiddos or you got any plans this year? Yeah, no, I gave up the Super Bowl parties a long time ago. When you have this many kids, there ain't no going out. You're tired all the time. But we're going to do buffalo wings. We're going to do nachos, some pizza, you know, and just just low key. And I'm going to pick somebody that is probably going to lose the game, but that's okay. Well, that's that's just typical each week for the show. So, right. Uh, one of us is going to be wrong about something. <laughs> that's okay. You can't be afraid of it. You can't be afraid of it. All right, Corey, uh, in my Zoom setup, you're on the top row here. So, I'll continue on with you. Do you have any Super Bowl traditions? And what do you got going on this year? I mean, not a not a ton of traditions. Uh, this year, I'm going to be going over to my dad's, which should be fun because it's like so political. He doesn't want to watch the Super Bowl, but he's having a party. I don't get it. But I'm I'm planning on making ribs. Um, you know, I'm I'm probably gonna end up making five racks on Saturday. So that's that's probably Damn. what I'm bringing to the party on Sunday. So, so you're saying you're coming over then? Yeah, you come saying. over here. Party I will do it. Damn street, man. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I'll do it. <laughs> All right, so we got Corey down for the ribs. All right, we gotta go down the line. 
<laughs> Leon, uh, <laughs> obviously you haven't been able to watch the Lions in the Super Bowl. Maybe someday. Um, but <laughs> do you have anything you do every year for the Super Bowl? And Leon's you bringing, Leon's bringing the chitlins. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I like uh, I usually uh, hang out at a friend's house, but uh, since they actually moved this past uh, winter, uh, I think I'm gonna just go out and you know maybe go to the bar and bring out some boxes and um, uh, you know, bet against COVID. I'm highly immunized, as uh, Aaron Rodgers would say. So I think I, I can take my chances there. I'm gonna try to get some money, five racks in a different way. You know what I mean? <laughs> So basically, the step the step back podcast. Leo's going to be showing his foot, you know, on the court. Breaking my fingers while I'm. <laughs> and there's no more mask mandate in New York State, so there you go. Oh, thank thank God. Yeah. But. So these are we're, we're moving on up in the world, Leon. I think you're going to be okay, and that sounds like fun. Uh, Lucas, uh, I assume you're also somewhere where it's cold, um, and I know yeah. it's been a long time since the Vikings have made it to the promised land there. Um, so what do you have in uh, traditional uh, Super Bowl plans, or and what do you got going on this year? Well, usually if we lose the NFC Championship game, I just watch it, you know, very sadly. <laughs> I've done that more than enough times already. But, uh, no, I'll probably uh, – you know, just make the typical Super Bowl stuff, uh, chili, uh, maybe some pizza, wings, that sort of thing, and just watch it at home. Maybe go over to my dad's or something like that. What I'm getting at here is we all very focused on food, of course. Yeah. It's a big food day for the Super Bowl. And Vince, you know, you're probably, you know, the beacon of health among us. Uh, so do you let yourself loose a little bit for this, or are you still, like, counting calories and shit? I don't think anyone's ever said that to me about anything. So <laughs> thank you. Uh <laughs> No, I, I eat like a jackass on the Super Bowl and I'm also kind of a gypsy in that I don't like I don't have traditions. I'll go. I can tell you one thing. I'll tell you what I won't do. I uh, the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl. I don't know if I ever told this story, but I went to a friend's house who did not have like a reliable streaming service. He kind of like stole his streaming and at halftime, the feed cut. <laughs> And would not come back on. So I had to drive, and he lives across town, of course. I had to drive like 25 minutes. I missed the Edelman catch. I missed the majority of the comeback by the Patriots, and I'll never do it again. So I try not to go anywhere like I'm not familiar with anymore as a result of that because I'm gun shy now. But I, you know, I'm going to probably either eat wings or eat pizza or hot dogs, whatever, something a little festive, and probably watch it alone with Melanie for four racks less than Corey's going to have. Um and uh and I just I don't know if that's a joke. melody joke. I don't know if that's a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll let that simmer. Um so yeah, j- basically food. I'm with all of you guys. It, it doesn't really matter the company as long as I'm eating. Well, I mean, the guy, I mean, now it's an easy transition to Henry because it seems like the guy needs a stream smart, right, Henry? I mean, what the hell? I, I, I actually just got a new order of 20 bucks. I, I'll I, take I, two. I will tell you. I don't know where the fuck Vince's friend. They must have lived in the Stone Age with the Flintstones because the Super Bowl's on on regular local TV. How do yes. you still stream? Zero, nothing. He had it's nothing. He TV. stole everything. Yeah, Bugs Bunny antennas. Like, what the fuck? No backup plan either. Very rude. Cut, cut that motherfucker out. Yeah, games on NBC. This isn't that hard. Just, just you know, find your find your local NBC station. Uh, yeah. Y'all hanging around way too many people. COVID's still a thing, so y'all are nuts. So, <laughs> low key, I might have one or two people over. 
Had the Niners made the Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure that would have been a lot bigger, but I'm going to make my famous meatballs, which will put Vince and his family to shame. They'll, uh Probably some nachos, uh, some pizza. I mean, New York, you got to have pizza, right? So, probably What's the spot, Hank? What's the spot? Tommy's. Is that Tommy's. Harlem? Is that the Bronx? What's up? No, nah, no, nah, it's on East Tremont. Actually, uh, the Barstool dudes, uh, not Barstool. Yeah, they 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 were actually there, and they, they ranked it pretty high, too. Dave Portnoy, right? Yeah, David Portnoy. So, yeah, Tommy's. What was the place you took me? Was it was in Harlem? Was it Patsy's or something like that? That was uh, that was Patsy's. No, not but yeah, Patsy's in Harlem, East Harlem. That spot yeah. is good. Yeah, we went there before a Yankee game one time, and uh, that's pretty good. Uh, so you can't. I feel like you can't really go wrong. I feel like you have a ton of options down there for for pizza. Yeah, we, got, we got options, man. So are you gonna hate watch the Super Bowl with the Rams in it? Or? Oh, I'm gonna be a bitter son of a bitch. And I, I'm gonna be bitter, and I'm gonna enjoy it because let, let me tell you. The Rams are going to jump out to a lead, and then they're going to choke. Stafford's going to throw a big interception, and they're going to choke. It's going to happen. Henry already making his predictions. Hey, Lucas has got the experience of watching the, the Super Bowl with the team losing the championship game, so you know, he's, he can speak on that. <laughs> yeah, so I, got, I got every which way to lose. I, I've got every experience in every sport, so <laughs> – uh, and I feel like Jacob. I remember vividly the Jets losing two AFC title games, and you having to watch the, the Super Bowl two weeks later. Um, but <laughs> not going to talk about Mark Sanchez or the Jets. You know, we don't have to do that. But you got anything going on this year? What's up? <laughs> um, uh, just relax with the kids. Pizza, wings. They might make me make macaroni and cheese. I don't know. It depends if I feel like it. Um. Just hoping to see a good game. Playoffs, what's playoffs? What's Super Bowl, what's playoffs? And I'm hoping for six games and, you know, be competitive. That's all I'm hoping for now when it comes to my team. But this is going to be a good one. I really think so. But food-wise, just going to keep it low. Try not to eat too much, which is bullshit. I'm going to pick out. I'm going to gain, like, eight pounds. And uh, <laughs> But I'm ready for it, though. It's, this is a good time of the year. That upstate pizza ain't it. I was just nah, going to say, it, it, it ain't, it ain't. I was nah, say, nah, nah. me and Jake got to deal with this upstate pizza situation, so we don't have options. We just got to find yeah. a place that's decent and run with it. Yeah. You know, gentlemen, uh, I know most of you have wives and girlfriends. Um, some of us only have wives. So <laughs> with that being said, I mean, the biggest thing here is 213. That's the day of the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. If your woman tells you to do anything, on Sunday, send all her shit back that you're planning on getting her the next day. You don't do a damn thing on that Sunday. Preach, man. God damn it. The way, the way to mitigate that is just don't buy shit. You won't have to return shit. <laughs> That's true. The way I look at this is she gives you Sunday and then you give her Monday. It's Valentine's Day. It's a one and one, a home and home, whatever. It's a compromise. <laughs> but, uh, Hey, look, Valentine's Day was on a Sunday last year. You kind of got to bite the bullet here. Yeah, football wasn't a week later this last year either. So. <laughs> football trying to ruin Valentine's Day. Get a popcorn, do the popcorn trick, and watch the Super Bowl together. <laughs> I feel like there's an SNL skit about that, Henry. Oh, <laughs> hey, but I don't know about That's you, my great. fiance likes food and likes to drink. So she's going to have a good time at this. She's going to enjoy the commercials and it's a spectacle. It's beyond just football fans. That's why the Super Bowl is partially such a special day and it's a cultural event uh, beyond just a game. But now we're, we had to talk a little bit about a game. 
because there is a big game happening. Uh, the last two teams remaining, as we said, um, I'm going to go down the line again. I want to get your just initial thoughts. I want to just overall on this matchup. We kind of got Henry's idea of what's going to happen in this game. So maybe I'll skip him on this. But you have two number nines. You have two number one overall quarterbacks going at it. Obviously, different uh, time frames for this. Um, but the Rams, I think, more expected to be here uh, with this sort of super team situation they have going on. And the Bengals kind of coming out of nowhere. Just Joe Burrow's rise to ascension, uh, really proving that he is that dude. Um, so the Bengals, I've never seen the Bengals be good ever. Um, Andy Dalton, I don't consider that to be a good Bengals team, obviously playoffs, but not anything that was a serious threat. So it's interesting to see uh, an Ohio team actually be a real threat here. Um, Matt, I always start with you, so I'm not going to start with you. Corey, I want to get your thoughts first um, on this matchup. Just, you know, Bengals, Rams. I know you obviously hate the Rams, but overall on paper, I feel like this should be a really good game. Yeah, I, I think that the, the main storyline in this is going to be in the trenches with Aaron Donald. If the Bengals can actually get Joe Mixon going and get around Aaron Donald and set up that play action, outside of J- Jalen Ramsey, the, the Rams really don't have much in the way of corner. But on the same side, you look at the, the Bengals defense and they gave up a ton of points their last couple of games, somehow shut down Pat Mahomes. I mean, it's, it's hard to predict because there's, there's a lot of ways that this can go, and both teams have a lot of ways to, to kill the other. So it should be a decent matchup. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and Vince, you know, we have some uh, people to root for, people to hate. Um, i my Odell jerseys. I'm always going to love Odell. But then you have Eli Apple on the other side, who is probably <laughs> one of the most dislikable Giants that we've had in recent memory. Uh, and then B.J. Hill, a guy that I've always kind of liked on the Bengals as well. So uh, we got some former Giants in the big game here. And uh, what are your thoughts on the matchup? Yeah, my heart after all of this actually goes back to Odell, which I kind of didn't expect because, uh, I, you know, I've talked so much shit about him over the years. But it really, I would genuinely be happy for him if he won the Super Bowl. And I think it's going to happen. I um, there's It's so funny. I, 2019, I was sitting in Cincinnati staring at the Bengals Stadium October. They hadn't won a game yet. And they go 2-14. and 14, And I just thought to myself, I was like, this – must just be the worst fucking feeling <laughs> to be a Bengals fan. <laughs> like you're just never going to be good. They have the first pick. They're going to blow it. Joe Burrow has small hands. Like all of these thoughts are going <laughs> through my, my head. And then I see Joe Burrow at Times Square when he's picked for the Heisman. And if you had told me that less than three years later, the Bengals were going to be in the Super Bowl, like it just, it's that part's insane to me. And no matter what happens, I think that's a great story. Um, the two things that really, really scare me for the Bengals, one is that I don't think they've faced an offense like this in the postseason yet. Um, Titans, Raiders, uh, they just, they've faced, like, they're not bad offenses, but they're also not the Rams. And the other thing is that that Bengals O-line gets talked about every single game, how it's going to blow it and like Burrow can't possibly survive it. And then they somehow survive but now you're facing the Rams defense. So it's just, it, it gives me Randy a little bit of the Bucks chiefs vibes from last year, that kind of matchup where the Bucks really did just tear apart the chiefs eventually because of that mismatch on the lines. And that's what has me worried about this for the Bengals. It's house money. I, I think they're both great stories. I don't have a problem with either team. Like I said, I'll slightly be rooting for the Rams because of Odell. I have this gut feeling. It's going to be a very mediocre game though. <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to be that good. 
think you and I have a similar thought here, but uh, yeah, I would say that the Chiefs' offense was nothing to sneeze at for the Bengals, but I do think it's a better matchup for them because I don't think the Chiefs have this defense that the Rams have. So uh, that point is certainly taken there too. Very true, and kudos to the Bengals. I mean, Chiefs had scored forty-two back to back going into that game, and they were at home, so they absolutely warranted. Um, they did show up there. Uh, you know, if you want to turn the little does lightning strike twice narrative, I could buy that too. Bengals' defense has been great. I just don't know. You know, this is a team that's really good on offense and defense. I don't think we've seen that combination yet that they've had to overcome. Yeah, I think you're right about that, too. Because um, even the Titans had a great uh, defense. You know, they have Ryan Tannehill, so uh, <laughs> not great there. But, Lucas, uh, let's move to you now. Um, just initial thoughts on this matchup here. Um, the battle of number nines, number one overall picks, Aaron Donald. A ton of, ton of uh, interesting one-on-one showdowns here. But, uh, um, overall, your thoughts on Super Bowl 56? Um, yeah, probably as far as the game goes itself, uh, just kind of echo what Corey and Vince said as well. The, the matchup between the Bengals offensive line and Aaron Donald, maybe the greatest, what, defensive player, defensive, you know, lineman in history. So that's going to be really tough. And, you know, they've got a game plan out of that or something. But um, overall, I, I think it, it will be a good game. Uh, there's just so, so many good skill position players, Jamar Chase. Odell Beckham, Cooper Cup, uh, Joe Mixon. So I, I, I think if the Bengals can maybe work the run a little bit, maybe try to keep the, the ball away from the Rams, uh, that'd probably be their best bet and try to kind of hide that that mismatch on the line. You remember week one, Lucas, when the, the Vikings lost to the Bengals and everyone made fun of the Vikings, especially Matt Yeah, and, uh, I immediately was like, the Bengals are a good team. Yeah, I said, wait, <laughs> hold on, the Bengals – <laughs> maybe maybe it was just me defending defending that loss a little bit but I out of that game I was like they they had so much good energy and I mean Jamar Chase tore us apart in his first NFL game and uh if 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 that uh, fumble call goes our way for Dalvin I mean if they call it on the field differently we probably keep the ball and miss a field goal and lose that way but <laughs> but uh yeah I do remember that being a big deal, and Matt Bushnell specifically saying the Vikings losing to a bad team, and then, of course, the Bears won So uh, the following week, and that was a big deal, too. So, uh, Matt, I'm going to come to you in a second, but first, I, got, I think we're all waiting to hear Leon Tompkins' thoughts, because for more than a decade, Matt Stafford was the quarterback of the Detroit Lions, and was really, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think he was really a great quarterback and honestly just kind of wasting away in Detroit. I don't, I don't know if you share, share the same thoughts, but I'm happy he's getting this opportunity. I'm happy he made it this far. And really it's an indictment on Detroit for really just ruining every great athlete seemingly they ever have, unless they're on the Pistons, but um, it seems like, or the Red Wings, I guess, but uh, it's, why, why does the why do the Lions do this to these people? And, and are you and the rest of the city really rallying behind uh, Stafford here? I think a good percentage is rallying behind him. You know, yeah, it's a good joke with the Detroit Rams like shirt. They got the lion with the Rams head, and you know we get the uh, viral video with it, of um, the Stafford fan when he made the comeback uh, against the Bucks. So, yeah. I mean, I think a good percentage uh, are rooting for Stafford. It's kind of like you don't know what you got until it's gone. Because well, while he was here, you know they blamed him for a lot of uh, games. You know, sidearm nonsense. He, chucks the ball down a few, he makes a lot of mistakes, but that's what you want when you're a gunslinger. You know, you you, know, you got to take risks in order to risk-reward. Um, as far as this game is concerned, I know the Rams' offense gets talked about a lot, but the Bengals' offense is really, like, not – there's no slouch. 
you, you look besides Chase, the T. Higgins. I, I know Zoma's hurt, but um, you, once you get past Ramsey, I mean, this guy put up a 500-plus yard game and one of the elite kickers in, in, in the game. So you, have a, you win the coin toss, you get this long halftime show. Unless the Rams come out hot, I mean, the Bengals, you get them in the first half. You know, you get the staff, it might work as second half magic, which I've seen plenty of times. So uh, the Bengals get the ball first, really get the ball rolling. I think you're going to be in for a good game. The Rams get the coin toss and they start hot. I don't know if, if Burrow, as cool as he is, um, will be, you know, have enough to catch up. And uh, oh, good, we're still on Facebook because I gave Henry the finger the first time, so I'm going to do it again. <laughs> 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 I love you too, brother. <laughs> and and no love to Tyler Boyd. And my whole fantasy team was named after Tyler Boyd. And uh, he's a really good number three option there for the Bengals. So your point is well taken on that offense front. Absolutely. Uh, Matt Bushnell, I'm going to come to you just to mix it up a little bit here so it's not so predictable in the order here. Um, I know that we've talked a lot about both of these teams on the show all year long, and we've obviously every step of the way. The postseason been so impressed with Joe Burrow. Um, we had different uh, opinions on the Rams postseason success. Uh, you know, I, I think we both thought they got a little bit lucky against the Bucks, but ultimately we were able to pull it out. And then the Niners doing what the Niners do, relying on Jimmy G too much, uh, <laughs> ultimately helping the Rams get to this point. But um, I, I'm really excited for this matchup. If you can't tell, I've said that a hundred times already on the show. So Matt, I'm going to get you. We kind of touched on it last show, but you had a little time to marinate on it. Rams, Bengals, uh, what do you think? All right. Well, finally, I get to talk about Joey B. Um, all right, gentlemen, let's, let's just break down some numbers here. I don't know who's going to win until after the coin toss. The last six Super Bowl winners have lost the coin toss. That's all I need to know. So, so just get me to the coin toss. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It is a true stat, though. Um, here's the thing. I see two tight anuses on the Rams team. And I just see a calm, cool, collected quarterback that everyone's doubted. They doubted him in the national title game. They doubted him the entire playoffs. And everyone's doubting him again. There's a stat. And I don't know how ESPN measures it, but it's called, you know, big games. So they measure the bigger the game. Joe Burrow in his career is now 11 and 0 in big games. N never lost one. The last playoff game that Joe Burrow has lost was his senior year in high school, Ohio State Championship. And I, I go back to this thing, what the Bengals can do, and a lot of people choose to ignore it. With that banged up O-line, they still generate points. They put so much pressure on the secondary because you do have Higgins, you do have Boyd, and you also have the incomparable Jamar Chase. But no one brought up Joe Mixon, you know, a very, very good running back. What this team can do is if they start running the football, they start going downhill. And Aaron Donald's weakest point is at the point of attack where, you know, you start double teaming him and start sealing him off. A lot of people give Von Miller a lot of credit for the bend. But for a quarterback of Joe Burrow's capability, will he throw the interception? Probably. But we also know Stafford's going to throw an interception, too. I think one of the easiest bets is, you know, you know, you could bet on Burrow or Stafford. I think both of them throw interceptions. So I'll probably play some action on who gets the first turnover. 
because he, both teams will get one. I just cannot bet against Joe Burrow. Everything lines up to go ahead and pick the Rams. You know, the defensive line, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, the offense with Cam Akers, Cooper Cup, OBJ, um, even Tyler Higby. Everything, you know, Andrew Whitworth on the offensive line. The Rams have a pretty decent offensive line. But there's just something about this Bengals team. I, I can't quite figure it out. And I started watching some tape and I started like, you know, what the hell does this team remind me of? And then it finally hit me. The 2001 New England Patriots. Tom Brady's second year wasn't supposed to be there. Patriots were, you know, shouldn't have beat all these teams. So I go back and I watch the game. It's like I'm watching the same exact damn team with better skill position players. Burrow has a better arm. It's not even in the same category as Brady was far behind Burrow at this point. But Cincinnati low-key has a really good defensive line. And they made some switches against Kansas City that really put a lot of pressure. And they got a lot of sacks. And I'm just going to say this to you guys. What Kansas City did with that offensive line this off this past offseason was they spent a lot of money, a lot of draft capital, and by all accounts, by all advanced measures, all advanced stats, it was the best offensive line in football. And somehow in the second half, and we can, and I know I talked about it, running the football, that's all they had to do. They were basically daring them to. They got to Patrick Mahomes by only rushing three. Stafford, when he gets pressured, he's going to throw the ball away into double, triple coverage. He doesn't really look and he panics. T to me, I, just, I can't ignore all these facts. I just can't. And I'm not going to bet against Joe Burrow. I did it to Tom Brady for five Super Bowls. I'm not going to do it to Joe Burrow. And I, I, I'm just going to say, I, I think this is a team of destiny. And I'm picking the Bengals to win this one. He's giving me the prediction already. I, I, I get the Patriots uh, comparison, but that team was loaded on defense. I mean, that, that team was so good at every level defensively that I don't know if the Bengals are quite there. I know that they have really talented players on the line and I think a lot of their corners have come from, you know, getting second chances from other places and they have played really well, but I think that really was a quality defensive team that New England had. And obviously yeah. they showed it with how well they played against the Rams uh, in that game. So I think that's probably the main difference, but the, the offensive point I think is fair. And um, I mean, maybe the coaching advantage will go to New England too, but um, I don't hate the comparison. Well, the, the one thing I will say, the Cincinnati team has a better defensive line than that Patriots team did. The okay. Patriots secondary is much better than, you know, what the Bengals are going to be throwing out there in Eli Apple, the linebackers, I, I would give the slight edge to the Patriots at that time frame. but how the Bengals are able to generate pressure and the guys that they have, they're going to be able to get after Matthew Stafford. It's just going to happen. And I wonder if McVay is going to call the same game plan because I go back to McVay against the new England Patriots and that Super Bowl terrible just one of the worst game plans you'd ever see. Um, there was nothing about that game that I liked. And then you can make McVeigh, you know, obviously it wasn't all coaching, but just some of the play calling and some of these situations that happened in the Tampa Bay game. And then that 49ers game, they should have lost. I, I'm sorry, but Shanahan does one of the all time blunders in the second half. Just again, like the, Shanahan does enough coaching blunders. I don't know who's worse at coaching in big games, Shanahan or McVeigh. So to me, 
you know, I don't know how Zach Taylor's going to do, but I know what Zach Taylor's done. You know, so far he's three and zero in the playoffs, and I take that with, you know, a lot of credence. McVeigh has a good playoff record too, but I'm, I'm going to go with Zach Taylor over McVeigh in this situation. But I got to be fair here; I don't know how Taylor's going to react. All right. Well, maybe the kiss of death here for uh, the Bengals from Matt Bushnell, but, uh, you know, Henry's a little too familiar with that. Uh, so, Henry, I will come to you now. I, I did uh, call it. Didn't I call it? As soon as he said, uh, there it is. That's the KOD. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Super Bowl 56 here, Henry. I want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, what do you make of the, the matchup here? Going into the season, we had, I guess, three teams. Three. Let's call them three super teams, right? Everyone said the Bucks, the Chiefs, and the Rams. Mm-hmm. Those teams were, were loaded much more than anyone else. We expected a combination of the three of them, maybe two of the three. Everyone thought it was Chiefs Bucks rematch. So the Rams are supposed to be here, right? No one expected the Bengals to be here. I mean, when, when we, we did the draft show a couple of years ago and, and Jamar Chase was was drafted, I loved it. And you guys hated it for the for the right reasons. You thought they should get a line, but I thought Jamar Chase was a fucking a home run guy and, and he's proven to be just that that Bengals offense can strike fast just as fast as any offense any any they can hang with the Chiefs they can hang with anybody Jamar Chase is that fucking dude T Higgins is that dude Joe Mix they have they have that young Bengals court of Ocho Cinco Chris Henry they have that but probably better and they have and Joe Burrow just has he has it around him whatever it is he has it, and, and this team is destined. This is the shit that we see 20 years from now, a 30 for 30 on a team, and, and this is that team, the team that's not supposed to be here. They do shit they're not supposed to do. They don't have a line. They don't do it one particular thing exceptionally well. I, I, I can't go against the Bengals here, man. I, everything, the Cinderella story, the underdog, everything that America loves, everything we love as sports fans, the underdog, as everything we love is, is the Bengals. The, the nation should be rooting for the Bengals. Nobody wants the Rams win this shit. I think a lot of the country is rooting for them, even if, like, unless you're like a Ravens. I think the Browns fans are the one team that certainly is not rooting for them. Because yeah. <laughs> if you if you're looking at how the Browns board did last year, and now they were supposed to be the team here, now the Bengals <laughs> run Ohio. I think if you're a Browns fan, you're like, nah, no, it shouldn't happen like this. But uh, I think you're right. I think most of the country is. They have a fucking uh, you know a rabbit's foot just hanging off of the whole team. Just there, they they have it. Whatever it is, they have it. And this whole football season has been wacky. There's a lot of shit that's happened. And to have a Super Bowl champion that wasn't probably supposed to make the playoffs seems like the perfect ending to the season. Which, by the way, I've said because I thought the Patriots were going to make the Super Bowl the way the shit was going. <laughs> I said, yeah, I thought you were doing that to be a jinx. So, uh, you know, I, I still think you know yeah. that's what you were doing. But, you know, for the record, Matt Bushnell and I, in our preview show for the um, AFC North, had predicted the Bengals to finish in the last place. Um, we also, I think their over under was five and a half, and we both said it was around five. So, Clearly, <laughs> we didn't expect this to happen. And um, Burrow is a stud, but both of us really thought Penny Sewell would have been the right decision, as you mentioned. Uh, they, 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 pay, they picked Chase, and clearly that's paying dividends so far. All right, Jake, I'm going to get to you finally here. Um, you know, you heard everyone else's thoughts. We've got this matchup here. You know, as fans of the, t- the New Jersey teams that we root for, um, we don't really have much <laughs> of a dog in the fight, I would say. But uh, when you think about this matchup, uh, are you excited or what do you make of it? I'm pretty excited. I think this is really going to be a close one because when you really think about it, they're really evenly meshed. So it's going to go back and forth, I feel. But the number one 
thing I think that's really going to happen is Jamar Chase is going to rip Jalen Ramsey a new one. Because as we all know, we watch football. What's the best thing? Loose football is always good football. Because you get out there, Bengals have nothing. Well, you have a lot to lose, but come on. Like we all said, they're not supposed to be there. So, you know, Joe Cool, he, he got that name for a reason. Everyone's going to be playing loose. And what I've noticed about the Bengals is – and watching tape, see? See, Matt, I'm learning stuff from you. <laughs> what happens is when you play to Joe Burrow, when they're going to play to Joe Burrow's strengths, which is, you know, throwing those short routes. And with Jamar Chase, he can use his athleticism to actually get, you know, his yards after the catch. So you throw these hitch routes, he's going to – he's really going to gain, you know, 10, 15, 20. He's going to – He's going to make a few big plays, and I really think that's going to be the difference. I think they're going to be able to neutralize Aaron Donald. You know, Leonard Floyd might be a problem because he he came on strong now. And, you know, you got to worry about the defensive line. But, I, yeah, you put Burrow down, but he also can get out of tough situations. You know, he's really elusive, you know, for the most part. If you get him out there, he showed it against the Chiefs. You think he was going down? Nope finding targets all over the field. And that's what makes that kid amazing. And it's it's really awesome to see. And like Henry said, you know, they're not supposed to be here. I think they just, they have it. This is one of these teams of destiny that you're just like, wow, this, this season is, it might be theirs. But I really think it's going to come down to Jamar Chase tearing Ramsey up something ugly. And I think he's going to win the Super Bowl MVP. I think the thing that we have to pay attention to, and I'm glad you called it out, Jacob, is, mm-hmm. you know, when they run those hitches or those short um, slants, what's going to happen? I find it very interesting because what the Rams like to do is I'd like to bring Jalen Ramsey into a blitzing situation, play up the line and jam even. They, they like to play a lot of jam. The issue with that is the other corner is not as good, you know, not in the same breath as Jalen Ramsey. And I can't even remember his name, but, you know, Ramsey's going to get a little impatient because this is going to be a game of patience, you know, feeling each other out, throwing some punches and some counter punches. If, if they call a hitch and go and, you know, they, they've ran that hitch a couple of times and Ramsey's getting a little itchy and he tries to bite on it, which he occasionally does, and he gets cooked, Burrow's not missing that deep ball. I mean, let's face it, Joe Burrow's one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL. And Ramsey makes a mistake like that. Chase is going to take it to the house for six real quick. So that's something that we have to watch out for. And I don't think the Rams are going to be able to maneuver Ramsey off of Chase. I, I, if I was scheming this up, I would have Ramsey follow Chase all over the field, play one-on-one. I wouldn't jam Chase at the line. You know, I, I'd give him that cushion. That's fine because I, I know I got to make that tackle. If they're going to run hitches on me all day long, let them run hitches on me all day long. But they're not getting the big play. If the Rams get a little impatient and they bring Ramsey in for a blitz, watch out for that because Burrow is smart enough and he calls that go to chase. It's going to be a problem. I, if I, I don't know where I saw it. I think I saw it on Twitter somewhere, but someone suggested that the Rams should double chase and then let Ramsey go one-on-one with Higgins. And then that way 
they could, you know, Boyd would be your primarily, uh, you know, he would, he could be good one going wild, but I don't, that's not going to happen. Ramsey's going to say, no, I want Chase. He's not going to just let him know. So <laughs> you take that. that. Boyd would be the Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> and that's what I was going to get. At. I think Boyd would have a day. I think Boyd, Boyd is certainly capable of having a field day. So um, I don't necessarily know if Chase, uh, give him safety help, but overall let Ramsey try to do his best there. You pay Ramsey, you trade a two round, first round picks for him. This is the game that you paid him for. Uh, he's got to, got to give him a chance. And your point, I do think when you're aggressive like this, you're you're setting yourself up for that deep ball and you saw that you know tom brady's last career touchdown pass was on jalen ramsey and, and mike evans hit him with a double move so uh he's certainly prone to that uh t higgins from in the comments felipe says continues to be overlooked like i said uh, that jalen ramsey should go one-on-one with t higgins so I, I certainly think t higgins is a stud um and you know a, a, certainly a focal point of that offense so Okay, I've heard from the crew on the game itself. We're going to make our predictions in a second, but there's a very there's another aspect of the game um, that we have to talk about, and it's the halftime show. Every one of these episodes we do with the Super Bowl special, we talk about the halftime show. If our first episode we did, it was Shakira and J Lo. <laughs> Last year, uh, honestly, it was it was the weekend, which um, I think was a little bit more forgettable than the, the first one. This year, I think, will be much more memorable. And, you know, my childhood likes to come call back to listening to uh, the Eminem show and uh, Eminem's first couple albums. And Vince, I know you're a big Eminem guy, too. But also Dr. Dre, you have Snoop Dogg, you have Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige. Um, this is also the closest Detroit's going to the Super Bowl, not just for Matt Stafford, but Eminem's representation as well. Um, that joke's been made a hundred times, but I had to say it. So I don't know, whoever wants to comment on the Super Bowl, which you're looking forward to, but I will just say this, what I'm most looking forward to is how the hell are they going to go through and do this whole thing and avoid any words that they say in their songs? Because <laughs> uh, there are several Super Bowl playlists out there. And let me tell you, not a lot of uh, songs can you can make it through without there being some sort of FCC violation. So um, really interested to see how this one goes. I don't I think everything is going to be pre-recorded. I don't what? I don't I don't see them singing live. I, I think. I think a lot of pre-recorded, but I feel a certain way because first of all, don't forget the NFL went into a, an agreement with Jay Z to be like their ambassador, mm-hmm. and then we get this halftime show, which is clearly catering to like the thirty-five to forty-five crowd. Um, my thing is this, man. I, I can't help but to think because there was a documentary on thing on Hulu a couple months back with Janet Jackson and everything, and I'm like, yo, just. The hip hop dudes that were on that show that were grabbing their joint, like they were, they were having a fit, and, and Janet Jackson was thrown under the bus. And we've gone from that to having basically the Up and Smoke tour be the halftime show. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, I don't know what's gonna happen. Like, you know, there's gonna be a shitload of FCC complaints. There's gonna be Cameron's writing letters. My children were there, and they're talking about the motherfucking dre and dr dre motherfucker it's 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 gonna be bad like this is gonna be a train wreck you know when it comes to people writing letters and complaining like this is like a the big black lives matter halftime show let's call it what it is (laughs) a shitload of karen's complaining it's gonna be great and that's why eminem's at the front of the poster absolutely (laughs) they did did the perfect thing the blackest halftime show humanly possible and put a white face on it. 
And the white guy is probably going to be the most derogatory and the fucking most offensive. <laughs> probably. And how many complaints you're going to see Snoop Dogg with a joint in his mouth? You know people are going to complain about that, too. You know it's coming. Uh, <laughs> Bring Martha Stewart out. Like, I want to see Martha Stewart with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I feel like among all of the, the performers, Mary J. Blige is the only one who can do a whole song and get away with it. Who, by the way, is on the top TV show as a drug queen pin? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jacob, Leon, what are you guys' thoughts on the halftime show? I'm, I'm excited still, regardless. Oh, man, I can't wait, man. This is this is great. You know, I'm a big Eminem fan. Dr. Dre, you know, that's, I mean, this you can't Kendrick Lamar, like all of these stars. And what I just want to know what songs they're going to bring to the stage, man. But they, I think it's really going to, the energy is going to be there. Like Henry said, 35 to 40 crowd is what we grew up on. Um, so it, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing, man. I can't wait. Plus, it pissed a lot of people off, so it just made me even happier. I, mean, I, got, I think I got a bonus to it. Like, what the hell kind of halftime show is it? I said, Oh yeah. We want that smoke. <laughs> oh my uh-huh. I just thought of something. Imagine they bring out Kaepernick on a halftime show. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Yes. Maybe if the Niners actually made it. Maybe if the Niners actually could have made it. Come on, they, they got to bring Cap out. Who, who I, I, the, I, is it NBC this year with the Super Bowl? Yep. Yeah. Oh, they're NBC. cutting the commercial. <laughs> That's a question. How long is the delay? How long is the delay, Randy? Well, I'll tell you in live television, the delay is typically around seven seconds. Right. Uh, what is the delay? This one will be about probably 20 seconds. <laughs> right, I'm thinking a whole minute. They just... <laughs> Six minutes, Slim Shady, you're on. Was it an A? Was it an ER? What was it? I don't know. <laughs> Man. I, I just, I, I think it honestly, like they could get away with it by doing most of the entrances to the songs because I think the entrances and the beats and self are, are worthy of uh, the presentation, but the words and the lyrics are going to be something they're going to have to try to avoid. Um, Leon, uh, I want to get your thoughts because uh, honestly, the Eminem representation is nice from a Detroit perspective, but overall, these are hip hop legends uh, on the stage here. And it's I, I, so much different than what they've done in the past. Yeah, you know, like the last time uh, the Rams went to Super Bowl, that was actually a snooze fest. I forgot who was the halftime, uh, what the halftime show was because I, I fell asleep in the first half. I don't even remember. It was terrible. Oh, it was Atlanta, right? Uh, yeah, it was in Atlanta. I oh. wasn't in Atlanta. But they had uh, was it Maroon Five, and then they had all the rappers come out. Oh yeah, I, I gave up on Maroon Five. Like he had a terrible tattoo across his belly, like, <laughs> uh, California, yeah. whatever. Uh, it was awful. But uh, okay. you know, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But I, I'm running out of fingers to you, for you guys to, you know, just uh, disrespect in Detroit. But, you know, I grew up on Eminem as well. High school was just, you know, I, I can't get enough of it. I, I'm glad it is finally happening. We won't see it for another 20 years. So might as well get everybody out all at once. <laughs> Lucas has got like an eight mile style look going on with the beanie and everything. So I feel like I need to give it to him right now. Uh, what's up, Slim Shady? What do you think? Yeah. My white ass just walked in across the mile. Absolutely. Uh, 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 yeah, I think I, I don't think they'll really have a. I think uh, Randy, you said they'll just do the entrance of the songs, or somebody did. Uh, that probably makes a lot of sense to me. Probably it, it just appears to be like they're just going to kind of be up there partying. Kick. I mean, if you've ever, you know, seen or been to a rap concert, I mean, there really isn't a lot said. It's just kind of a party. So. Or performed, as, you know. So I, I kind of expect that. 
just on a grand. I expect Kendrick to get a whole song in. He can do humble, like he can get away with doing that. But like, I don't know how Eminem, Dre, (laughs) or (laughs) you know Snoop get away with doing a lot of their, especially their older stuff. I mean, Eminem's uh, older stuff probably has aged worse than any than anything it seems. I'm gonna need a bitch don't kill my vibe from Kendrick. Yeah, (laughs) that would be awesome. I agree that, that that would be. That'd be sweet. Now, Vince, I know you are among the, one of the bigger Eminem fans that I know, and um, I I love the old stuff. There's no way he can really get away with it. I think some of the newer stuff he probably can get away with. A little bit more PG, I would say, kind of focuses on the speed more so than the lyrics. I would, I mean, obviously lyrics matter, but they're not as derogatory as his old stuff. But uh, what are you expecting from this one? I have been sitting here for like two months now, just dissecting like because there's four phases of Eminem, right? You had the you had the Marshall Mathers LP and before Slim Shady LP, uh, Infinite, whatever. Then you had Eminem show, which apparently Randy is when you were born, which blows my mind uh, because I, I was know. like, I was like know, twelve when that came out. But for, for us who like to Eminem from the start, Eminem show was like, okay, well, like his two best albums happen. Now we have this third one. But anyway, um, that's when he started to get political. Then he became a drug addict, and then he had his his rehab from drugs and and being on drugs. Now he's got kind of this mature, more mature, older thing going on. Um, so you're right. I, I don't know how much of his prime you can take. And I almost conspiracy theory feel like that's why they waited 15 years to have these guys on because their catalogs are so big. Now you can probably find like seven minutes each that don't have cursing that they could use for this. So I'm very curious how it works. I'm very excited for it. Um, you know, I've seen Eminem live. He's a fantastic entertainer and a lot of energy so i i mean i would expect that i think it's obviously a great supporting cast i love dre and snoop dogg as well um and mary j blige they always have that one woman who's on the sh- who's like the compliment to this i think she'll do a great job um and Corey and i have been talking about this forever we're, we're getting a hologram tupac it yeah. is in california it involves <laughs> Forever. yeah uh makes, we're getting it makes sense new dog just bought death row records yeah yep. right so i'm excited i mean to me the people who are going to complain we're going to complain regardless like eminem could go up there and pray and it's not going to make a difference they're still going to complain because snoop dogg's on stage with him and looks like you know he's dangerous so it's that's kind of what the mentality is there i i'm not worried about it is it going to swing the 2022 election we'll see but uh <laughs> i don't really care it, it's going to be an i guarantee you it's an entertaining halftime show and i cannot wait for it yeah i, I think the promo they had him doing rap god which i don't think is necessarily a great song but he has this the fast lyrics in there but i would say out. he's like 50 years old yeah, i know but also like that. i, I uh-huh. would expect like lose yourself and like till i collapse yeah. the yeah. songs that he does um which are good songs i feel like that they get the crowd pumped up for that and i think those he can get away with but um <laughs> at bushnell um haven't heard from you in a minute so um music taste wise you're gonna get down with uh, uh with the with the the, the tunes here or what are you gonna you can tone it out or what are you gonna do Dude, i grew up on this shit man west coast rap nwa um ice cube. no way ice cube is there just for the record I, I know which pisses me off i mean it, it, yeah it, if they don't play california love i'm fucking quitting this uh, that is absolutely ridiculous you know and if they're gonna have two a tupac hologram they better play all eyes on me because if they don't i'm gonna be even more pissed mm-hmm. but um I, I'm pumped for it, man, because it's like I, I like Snoop, but out of I mean, Mary J. Blige is probably my least favorite out of the bunch. But I, I like what Mary J. Blige does. I think she's pretty good. 
um dre obviously i mean i could listen to dre beats for the rest of my life and die happy um but to me it's just like there's songs that i gotta hear um i just wish it you know ice cube was a part of it one of my favorite groups very underrated was west side connection you know give me some of that man i i just feel like if you're gonna do this west coast rap feel and I, I know I'm going to get killed for this. I probably wouldn't have included Kendrick Lamar and uh, Eminem, you know, with, with all due respect, you know, I, I needed I think, a headliner though, Matt. Yeah, I know. I, I know. And I, and <laughs> a I, white I, headliner. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and I get it. Civil war here. Yeah, <laughs> I completely get it. But I, I'm just glad they're not advertising it like as a West side, you know, a West coast rap show. Because I, I would feel that would be misleading to me and it would hurt my feelings a little bit growing up on Tupac. <laughs> but I, I, I will give you the odds of a Tupac hologram. Zero percent. It will not happen. I'll buzzkill Matt Bushnell. Jesus. It's expensive. Why? I, I mean, just everything that they don't want to represent on an NFL program. I mean, trust me, it takes a lot to get a lot of billionaires behind a show like this and tupac's label i mean if you ever listen to his records uh, i mean we're talking hit him up <laughs> two of america's <laughs> most wanted i mean do you do you think ice cube will make an appearance i hope so they're gonna have someone that we're, that we don't know like that always happens i feel yeah, like i don't think it'll be ice mm-hmm. cube. i think he's too no i didn't know where no see i could see ice cube because of the, the movies like he's kind of He's reformed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want a curveball? You want a curveball? It'll be Kanye. Uh, no, fuck no. no, no, man. That's no. Uh, I tune in for that. It's gonna be like Kid Rock. Oh, <laughs> oh, God, no. oh my! That, I'm turning oh, that shit off. By the way, oh. Matt, Matt's disrespect for Mary J. Blige is ridiculous. No, I love Mary J. Blige. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I love Mary J. Blige. Yeah. No, I, I'm just oh, saying. Out of all guys, this, out of this. You guys are gonna kill me right now. The the person I'm least interested in in this whole lineup is Eminem. I knew you were gonna say that. Same. I don't disagree. Yeah. I would Same. literally try if I was close to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, nobody wants to hear "Walk on Water." You can play that. Matt, I would say, you know, they don't always do the right things because when it was in Atlanta and they brought out all the rappers, they still didn't have Outkast or Andre 3000. So yeah. they don't always do the right things. And I, I think that's what everyone wanted the most was Andre 3000. He never showed up. So yep. if there's somebody missing. It's not like new thing. They typically don't do it 100% right. So Corey Decker, you did say Eminem wasn't the one thing you were looking forward to the most. What is the thing you're looking forward to the most at this halftime show? It's Snoop. I, I mean, honestly, it's out of all of them, it's Dre and Snoop. Those are, those are, like the rappers that I do like, and I don't really think they're going to give a fuck. Um, <laughs> I, I looked back at uh, how many complaints were sent to the FCC for Shakira and J-Lo. 1,300 complaints for that show because of all the twerking and stuff like that. So that I don't know twerking, baby. That's natural ass movement. Well, a lot of middle-aged yeah. white women. Yeah, multiply that by multiply that by probably five thousand. You're gonna get that with this one. Man, you're they have twenty thousand complaints plus. I mean, seriously, you have fifteen thousand just for the announcement. Like, <laughs> but honestly, I do think Ice Cube is going to show up. He's playing a, a show in Salt Lake the night before, and Salt Lake to LA is not that long of a flight. 
I think it's maybe an hour and a half. And these are, we got to remember, you know, when Snoop and Dre were like really big, they were chased off the stage by cops in a lot of places they played. These guys were given a lot of warnings from the government for certain songs like F the Police and everything, which I can't wait for. They're not yes. going to give a fuck about some carrots. They're going to come they out. brought seriously. out Cuban song, Fuck the Police. On I'll the- die. <laughs> With oh, Kaepernick on stage. Oh my God, dude! Soon as you hear, fuck the police, coming straight. I think I'm gonna. Yes, I think I think it's gonna happen. I think there's one thing that won't happen is that that's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's. I would be stunned. I would be floored <laughs> if that happened. I, I don't think I can focus on the game. The rest of the game is. <laughs> I would love it, but it's not gonna happen. I can no, see that's, Jerry that's Jones dying in his suite oh at the God. Super Bowl. Jerry Jones is going to die anyway. The minute he, he's like that would make it the best Super Bowl ever. I say like that, like Jerry Jones dying be a bad thing. Come on, I mean we got to have some cowboy fans that are pulling for this. Like casualty, it's fine. It's COVID. Win the Super Bowl sooner. Yeah, I just, now I just like want Kaepernick and Brian Flores to be brought out on the stage. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> Oh, man. I, my money's on Kaepernick making an appearance. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense, but mm. I mean, Ice Cube is like a known anti-vaxxer. I think LA's uh, restrictions might keep him away, uh, just from a political standpoint. Maybe he'll just you know bite the bullet and say, "Screw it, I'm going to go and be on the Super Bowl anyway." But I think he was pretty strong in his convictions with that, so I'd be surprised if Cube showed up. But I, I think it'd be awesome so, if he did. So it was yeah. Aaron Rodgers, and he still played. Mm-hmm. Like, the governor of California went maskless at at the uh, NFC Championship game. Yep, like was the guy who held his breath. Or, but he um, held his breath. <laughs> no, no, LA mayor <laughs> held his breath. Newsom uh, just went maskless. Well, he held his breath for the whole game. What's wrong with you? Zero <laughs> percent chance of being contracted. Oh, that's why his face was red. I thought he was blowing someone else in the suite. Uh, yes. You know, I. I you know, I want Kaepernick to show up and, you know, ab- above all the obvious reasons. But my number one reason is I want to see middle-aged white men burning their Nikes on their feet again. <laughs> new balances, baby. They'll be wearing new balances. Swearing off football until the next Super Bowl party. Yeah, I, I, I got to look at the schedules, but you brought up something there with the Nikes that if the Lakers don't play, don't be surprised if LeBron's there. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's in L.A. Okay. You know, no, I'm curious. So they're going to be burning at the Grillmaster 3000s? <laughs> LeBron always finds a way and stage some concerts. Usually it's Drake, but like... Westbrook is going to be there with a face, just... Hey, they're not playing. All right, Lakers well, aren't playing. Would not be shocked if LeBron's there. Just saying. Okay. I, I won't say Kaepernick, but I'll say LeBron. So a question about that. If LeBron's there, is AD with him? And then I got a follow-up to that. I don't, I don't think he's with him. He tore his ACL getting there. <laughs> what right. about Westbrook? <laughs> Westbrook didn't get traded. No, he won't be there. Either. Westbrook will be wearing less clothes than cheerleaders. <laughs> this will be a very public appearance for LeBron. This is bigger than the Lakers. He'll be with like some high, you know, I maybe think- with Drake. He literally might be with Drake. We're gonna. I, I wouldn't be mad if we if we got an appearance from Jay Z because this is all his work behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So I could see that. Well then, if you get Jay Z, what then? Then the Kanye Kanye thing makes sense too. So, Aren't, uh, did they bury their beef? I thought Kanye was beefing with Jay. They're like brothers. That that you ever smack your brother? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Is your brother have like fifteen diagnosed mental disorders? Have you met my brother? 
<laughs> the answer to that is yes. Which family member? Let me give you an example, and I'm not lying. While I'm on the podcast, I had to mute myself because I hear him. Yo, I'm outside. Let me. I'm like, I'm texting him like I'm on a fucking podcast, dude. So yes, he has about 15 diagnoses. This is hey, he and Eminem have partnered before. Yeah, we got to hit that yeah. renegade if it happens. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Nas better be there too because I want to hear the ether again. Well, no, oh, now you're going to East Coast. Now, you know. now you're trying to start a riot now, man. You can't be doing that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's next year. That's next year. It's Drake, Nas, Jay Z, Kanye. Where is okay. it next year? Arizona. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <That's>, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Giants are in the Super Bowl then. All right. Well, oh, the halftime show is certainly one for the ages. Very much looking forward to it. Can't wait to see how they pull this off. A lot of going to be a lot of angry people. So I'm going to say, but if they do anything outlandish, it's going to be hard for me to focus on the rest of the game. So the question is the, the same for the most part. There's got to be a prop bet on the halftime show, right? Of course. Like the length of it or like swear words or I'm guessing swear words. How much pot smoked or. <laughs> I mean, is it legal to smoke pot inside sporting facilities in in California? And when you're Snoop Dogg, you can do whatever you want. I was going to say, does Snoop Dogg yeah. care? <laughs> Don't think he cares. How many joints get lit up? <laughs> does Snoop Dogg bring Martha Stewart on the stage? This is the question. Because that could only help the uh, the cause here. God, I hope so. <laughs> that would be incredible. All right. Now I've the whiteness is coming out for me. I gotta I gotta move on with this conversation. Wow, Martha Stewart a convict too, man. She, she, hey, she's right. fam. Yeah, I mean she, she's more black than a lot of people in that stadium. Stewart, listen to me, we show up. Understand, she did more time than anybody on that stage. Yeah, I'm saying she, yeah. she man, she invited to the cookout. I mean, <laughs> she was at a federal prison though. Let, let's, I mean, that's a country club for some of these people. <laughs> I mean, that's not a hard time. I know dudes that Martha wasn't shaking people in the right? shower. I got dudes, but there's dudes here who can't do 24 hours on Rikers. She she did a bit in Fed. I'm sorry. Oh man. Okay. We're an hour and a half in, and we've talked about this stuff for a little while now. I think it's finally time for us to make our official predictions. And I will kick us off here. And I just want to start by saying a few things because I'm going to bet on this game on a number of different ways. And I wasn't going to go with my heart. I was going to go and think about it. But then at the same time, I always bet on the first touchdown. It's one of my yearly things I like to try to do. And it's always like a random person. Like last, like it's always a tight end. The damn 49ers let Kyle Juszczyk score the first touchdown because, of course, they did. Like, why Why wouldn't they make it normal? Like, last year was Gronk. That made more sense. But, like, all both tight ends are coming in questionable. So, uh, they're going to play because it's a Super Bowl, but I don't want to bet on someone who's banged up. So, I went with my heart. The Rams typically like to get Odell Beckham Jr. involved early. They, if he's going to score a touchdown, it will be early. So if they get the ball first and if they move down the field, my guess is that number three will ignite things for the Rams. So I bet on Odell Beckham Jr. to score the first touchdown in this game. I also bet on Odell Beckham Jr. to score or to to have five catches in this game. So I'm in on Odell in this game. I think he's going to have a nice one because I think a lot of the focus is going to be on Cooper Cup. With that said, I think the big advantage in this game is the Rams on defense. I think that a lot of these guys have been there before. I think Aaron Donald looks at what the mistakes they made the first time around, and they only held the they held the Patriots to 13 points, so it wasn't on the Rams' defense of why they lost that game. I think you bring in uh, a guy we have not mentioned this entire time is Von Miller, 
who is a Super Bowl MVP, is a huge aspect to this Rams defense. And if Aaron Donald is getting triple teamed, you have Leonard Floyd and Von Miller getting to the quarterback. And I know Burrow is cool and calm. These guys are legit pass rushers who are going to make it hard for him all day long. So for me, the biggest advantage is that Rams front and the veteran experience that they have. And I understand that the Super Bowl is different. You have a long halftime show. It's not just like any game where you're in the locker room for 15 minutes, you run back out. The Rams have that experience now. They know how to adjust to it. I think Stafford doesn't have that experience, obviously, because it was a different quarterback. But McVay knows how to manage the time differently now. At least I hope he learned from those mistakes. So my prediction in this, I think the Rams defense handles their business. I think it's a close game early. I think pass rush makes the difference late in this game. I think it's a 21 to 17 game in the fourth quarter. And then Von Miller forces a fumble that somebody recovers for a touchdown and the Rams win 28 to 17 is my official prediction. And I'll give you my Super Bowl MVP. I want all of you to do this is Von Miller for the second time in his career. So that's my official prediction. I'm going to go down the line, Matt, I'm going to end with you since you're our normal co-host. I'm going to come back around and sandwich it together with us, Corey. I'm going to give you the floor now. Well, I think looking at this game, I like to look at the path to get there. And outside of one wild card game uh, the Rams had versus an opponent that didn't show up, I have no idea who that was. It's been blown lead, blown lead, blown lead, blown lead. And you look at the other side and, it, and the Bengals have had a game-winning field goal, comeback versus the Chiefs. It's hard for me not to go with the momentum here, so – because of that, I've got the Bengals taking it 38 to 35. I've got Joe Burrow winning MVP, and I got him saying the F bomb in the uh, acceptance speech. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Vince, uh, I want your official prediction. Actually, Corey, give me your, uh, your Super Bowl MVP. Joe Burrow. Burrow. Joe Burrow, okay. Yeah. Vince, what do you got? So I think that. Um... <laughs> My Super Bowl MVP, this ought to start things off. Uh, I, I think it's going to be Matt Stafford, and I think it's going to be not warranted. Um, I think he's going to have an okay game, but they'll give it to the quarterbacks. No one else will really do it a lot. Uh, he will spread the, the ball around. The Rams defense, I think, is going to play big in this game, and that's not a knock on Burrow or the Bengals' offense. They have a ton of weapons, I just think they're going to show up and it's really going to be a matter of can the Rams put enough points on my final score is 31 23 Rams. And I think that it's actually going to be a late score from the Bengals that decides that. Um, so I think this is going to be, you want to talk about like the Packers Patriots Super Bowl back in the day or the Broncos Falcons Super Bowl back in the day. I think you're going to see that type of game, really a two possession type. It's kind of boring, the score is misleading in terms of entertainment and there's like, you know, it's not a backdoor cover, but it's a backdoor one possession game. So that's what I've got. Now, would it shock me at all if the Bengals won the Super Bowl? Not even a little bit. I just have to go in one direction here and I'm going with the Rams. I feel the same way. I feel like either outcome is totally possible here and it's no slight at the Bengals. So um, Lucas, uh, you got to, I want to get your official predictions, the Super Bowl MVP, maybe some bets you're making on. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go, uh, you know, we've kind of talked about it the whole time. It, it seems like everything's setting up for, for the Rams as far as star power. you got Ramsey, Donald, uh, Beckham, bringing Beckham this year. Cooper Cup's having an amazing year, bringing Stafford. But uh, touching on Matt and a couple other guys said, you know, there's something about this Bengals team. There's something about Joe Burrow. 
And I hadn't drawn the the comparison between them and the 01 Patriots as a, as a whole necessarily, but I was kind of, and this is a, a big leap to make, but seeing Joe Burrow in a Brady type in, in the sense that he just, he just constantly makes the right decisions or the best decisions. Um, so I, I think this is a team of destiny and I will pick the Bengals to win uh, 21-17 on a late touchdown pass to Super Bowl MVP Jamar Chase. I love it. Uh, Leon, I'm going to save you just a second to last because of the Stafford stuff. Uh, Jacob, I'm going to come to you now on your official prediction, Super Bowl MVP. What do you got? I'm going to go with saying that it's going to be a shootout. I really, with these offenses, I think they're just going to go at it. And since I'm a Gator fan, I'm going to say Evan McPherson gets the game-winning field goal. And down go the Rams. Joey Cool. But I think Jamar Chase is going to win the MVP. I, want, I finally see a, a wide receiver wow. winning the MVP. I want, I want to see it. I want to see the wide receiver win the Super Bowl MVP. But I, I want to go with I, – I, my heart's going with Joe Burrow, but I, I'm going to – on my mind, I'm, I think Jamar Chase is going to win it. But, I mean, McPherson, game-winning field goal. Bengals won their first one. And Ohio has McPherson something to cheer about. I'm glad Evan McPherson is getting some love because he's really been money all postseason. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hank, what do you got? First of all, I want to say that was Vince hedging his bet by saying – I'm not hedging. I'm just saying that I think <laughs> – Classic, classic Vince saying, I'm going to – I think the Rams are going to win, but it wouldn't surprise me if that's a classic Vince hedging his bet. It wouldn't. <laughs> I, 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 I'm with Jacob. I think you guys are nuts. I think you guys have some low-scoring games, and I, I think we're going to see a shootout. We have, you know, two offenses that strike quick, strike often, um, two really good quarterbacks. Um, Jake, I, I don't I don't think we'll see a, a wide receiver win Super Bowl MVP because the, this league loves quarterbacks just way too much. Absolutely. So in order, in order for that wide receiver to do something, the quarterback would have gotten him the ball. Mm-hmm. Unless – you know, your wide receiver is doing something like the way he's getting like 80 yards after the catch every time. I just, I, yeah, I don't I don't see a wide receiver winning. But I, I do I do think we have a, a 37-34 game. Bengals. I hate doing the popular thing. Everyone is choosing Joe Burrow, but this is that one time that that dude has it. And I think this is the beginning of the Joe Burrow show in the NFL. Um 37-34, Bengals, and Joe Burrow brings them down to score and with under a minute left. I mean, it's just it's the way it has to be. And he's got a cigar. He's going to have a cigar. I love, I love that there's such disagreement on the show because that really is what makes an interesting dialogue because I truly believe the opposite. I think both defenses are going to come to play, and I'm actually going to bet the under in this game too, which is at 48 and a half. Mm. So I, Isn't I, that low? Yeah. Wow. So, like, I, I actually like, – I like that we have different thoughts on this because – like, I know that everyone says the Bengals are the team of destiny, and it feels like they're determined. To me, the Rams and all the trades that they made and jeopardized their future, they are the team of destiny, in my opinion, because they have all these stars. They have to win now. I've said that so many times in the playoffs. Like, it's now or never for them, and the future looks very bleak if they don't make this run with this team work at some point. And this is their opportunity to do that, and I think that they're going to step up and do that. And As a Giants fan that, that is in the NFC East, what team always goes out and does that and, and gets those guys and, and never wins the Dallas Cowboys. You see it over and yeah. over, but the Cowboys never even make it this far. So <laughs> the Rams are already exceeded yeah. the Cowboys. This is the Cowboy blueprint. You're going to get everybody. You're going to mortgage your future and you're not going to win shit. 
But they always sign the big time players that are losers. Like the, I feel like the Rams have gotten guys that are winners, especially Von Miller. But I feel like they have guys that are, have more credibility than the Cowboys typically. Sign. Let them mortgage their future and not get a damn thing for it. I'm with it. Amen. I mean, I just got to say, you, you said the Rams got winners. Matthew Stafford. Well, OBJ? not him, obviously. Yeah. I, I, I mean, these are guys those that are, are losers. They have, I mean, they have talented losers. <laughs> Fair One of them's got a nice yacht, I heard, you know. <laughs> the, the the Cowboys hire – I mean, the Cowboys sign these guys with off-the-field issues that are, like, real-life losers on top of, like, being overrated football players. Is my I, I think the Bengals should bring the kicking net that hit Odell. I think they should bring <laughs> that and put it on the sidelines. <laughs> He's a different man now, different man. I'm just saying, I would look – if I made the Super Bowl, I would troll the shit out of people – I'd have like the yachts. I'd have the Timberlands. I'd have giant posters made. I'd be trolling the shit out of. I'm doing the Muhammad Ali getting in your head thing, man. <laughs> well, there's a lot you can say about Eli Apples, who I'd be targeting. Anyway, yeah. uh, Leon, it's time now. Uh, you get your boy finally, Matt Stafford, in the Super Bowl. I'm sure it's, you had dreams of it being with the Lions, uh, but he's here. <laughs> Regardless, I want to get your official prediction of who you think's going to win MVP. Well, you know, it, it's nice to watch a super team actually come to fruition. So that is, there's something to be said about that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, watching Stafford for 12, 13 years, it's, it's very bittersweet. Uh, the narrative of him not winning a playoff game, now he wins three in a row. I, I just want to see a follow through. You know, uh, you could put Stafford on the same level as Rodgers. He gets that Super Bowl win, you have the same amount. Uh, Matt, you can, you can start rolling your eyes. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And I, I love look, Henry just today. gave. I'm sorry. He's very <laughs> interested in that. I all I gotta say. <laughs> but the Bengals make Ohio actually look cool. That you can give them for that. But no, this is just you know offensive onslaught by uh, Stafford and the boys. Just Rams victory. Forty-one, uh, thirty-four. Stafford's MVP. I was gonna say, of course. Right. of course, of course. <laughs> you you got to follow, follow the storybook ending. And all clearly, of Detroit Leon, clearly, Leon has partaked in the halftime festivities before the halftime. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a quarterback league, though. If it's his offensive player, it'll be the one of the quarterbacks for sure. So. It has to be, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, what I mean, was if, it? If Eli Manning can get Super Bowl MVP, I mean, anybody can get it, right? <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> uh, Julian Edelman won Super Bowl MVP in that thirteen to three nonsense game. So, Did he? yeah, so it is possible that yeah. receiver could win, but I don't see this being that low scoring of a game. So, was he the last wide receiver to win it? Yes, mm-hmm. he might have been the only wide receiver to ever win it. Wow. I don't know. I, I don't know if Rice got one for yeah. one of those three TD games. I think Montana must have got it, but I mean, the one route where he it was fifty-five to ten with the Niners, I'm pretty sure they just gave it to Montana. But I'd have to look up look that up. Uh, all right, Matt Bushnell, it's the time we've all been waiting for. I think we all kind of wonder, like, know where you're leaning with this after your analysis, but let us hear your official prediction for Super Bowl 56. Yeah, so a couple of things. I'm going to give my first touchdown to Joe Mixon. I think he knocks down the door for the Bengals. Um, I'm going to pick, and, and this is going to be, I think, a close game. I think a lot of people are picking high scores. People are picking low scores. I, I think it's somewhere in between. I, I think it's going to get really close to the over under at 48, well, 48 and a half, Randy, I think it was 48 and a half. Yeah. 
So I'm going to say it's going to be 24-24 with 30 seconds left. And the Rams are going to have the football on the, let's go, 44-ish yard line in honor of Hank Aaron. And Matt Stafford is going to throw a pick six to your Super Bowl MVP, Eli Apple. <laughs> a classic Matthew Stafford ending. When did you start living under a bridge, Matt? You know, I, I, I sharpened this knife for a long time. It was, you know, it started in a night in April, I recall, 2021. Everyone just had to go after the Bears. You know, trading all that draft capital to get Justin Fields. This knife has been in my pocket for a long time. My <laughs> apple is going to stick it into the heart of the New York Giant fans on this podcast. Oh, this is a shot of me admits of all things. Uh, I'm going to watch you guys bleed oh, out. God. I'm enjoying. I, I'll delete my Twitter account if that happens. I can't t- take Eli Apple anymore. I, the guy is such a clown. <laughs> Eli Apple, your, your Super Bowl Fifty Six MVP. I have to look up the last time a corner won MVP in the in the Super Bowl if that's even ever happened. Larry but, Brown, Dallas Cowboys. I feel like the Ravens Super Bowl against the Giants, a, a corner won or a safety uh, won MVP. Maybe it was Ray Lewis. I don't know, but it was, defensive player. I thought, I thought it was Ray Lewis. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it probably was. But yeah, final score thirty to twenty four. Good God! If that happens, I promise you, I'll delete my Twitter. I'll never open it again. I can't no, do it. You can't, can't do that. Eli Apple talking all that shit after. You he does cannot it. do that until you dress up as Andy Dalton and post it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, yeah, so is Ray Lewis. <laughs> this is a, just a situation I didn't want to find myself in. I, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> You know, it, this is really just, unfortunate, Matt Bush. I regret letting you go last. This is a buzzkill for the end of the show. I, I, you should be happy. I'm not. I'm already happy about this. You guys got OBJ <laughs> in the Super Bowl. You got Eli Apple in the Super Bowl. Two I'd rather BJ one. Hill get the pick six. Can BJ Hill get the pick six? No, no, it's got to be Eli Apple. It's got to be Eli Apple. It, it's for the record, I'd, ra- I'd rather Apple. the Giants be in the Super Bowl, for the record. <laughs> You also partaking in um, halftime festivities before that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, like, I- I've seen a lot of shitty things happen in the Super Bowl. And if-, if I know one thing about Matthew Stafford, I remember watching Matthew Stafford come up as a rookie. He always, I- it's-, it's a tradition. It's almost like the Masters for my golf friends here. Matthew Stafford's going to throw a back-breaking interception. It's going to happen. He did it against the Bucks. Did it against the 49ers? He should have done it against the 49ers. Uh, a couple of times. Ball. It's third time. Yeah, that um, yeah, it's gonna be there. That pick to turn the game is going to be there, if not once, if not twice, thrice. They said these exact things about uh, a quarterback I used to root for, too. So just for the record, and, and those things did not happen. So I believe in Matt Stafford. <laughs> One safety, one corner, and one kick returner have all won MVPs in the Super Bowl. Who kick returner was the Packers, right? Mm-hmm. Desmond Howard. Howard. Michigan man. Howard. Yeah, there you go. What are the corners in the safety? Uh, Matt got the corner. And the safety was Jake Scott for Miami. Two interceptions in Super Bowl Seven. Bad Super oh, Bowl damn. to watch. I remember that when that game aired, just 
That was a hard watch. <laughs> Dolphins had back-to-back Super Bowl MVPs. One was a safety and Larry Zonka, technically a fullback. <laughs> one of the next oh, year. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. The original Debo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time to end it. We're good. That's a wrap on the show. Oh, I can't take it any longer. All right. <laughs> so now it's time for us to tease the shows. Henry and Vince, you guys had Dong City last night. We had baseball news today. Or right, what are your plans for the next show? Laugh at the players and the owners not getting a deal done for a while. <laughs> yeah, not having baseball is what we've got planned. Uh, I think we can officially, I was excited yesterday because we can officially announce it if we go on in two weeks or longer than that, that uh, baseball won't start on time. So that's what we've got going on. <laughs> All right. So I guess if you're in baseball, if you're not in baseball, if go over there and check it out, just wait for an announcement on when they will be back. It could be around the same time, uh, same time baseball's back, which might not be till the summer. Who knows? Uh, we have no idea what that's like, but uh, they have a baby by then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, my, that's that's a that's a player prop. Will the baby be born before baseball starts? <laughs> that's a great, great bet. Any any official game. Obviously, you know, spring training, will it happen before my I baby love, is born? I love that bet. <laughs> uh, we should post that in, in baseball life. I'm yeah, I'll give the time frame. All right. Now, Jacob Leon, obviously big day in the NBA. James Harden traded for Ben Simmons, uh, Curry, and a couple picks. Uh, when are you guys planning to go again? And when can we hear your thoughts on all of the things, the NBA trade deadline? First of all, Knicks didn't do shit. All right. It was all about, bro. <laughs> Let's just leave that right there and there. <laughs> but I mean, like we always say, we got action. We had a lot today. So Leon, we go on Monday. We gotta yeah. we gotta turn it up a little bit on the grill. Yeah, Knicks didn't do shit. Lakers did shit. And uh yep, Hardens took his hobbled ass hamstring down the turnpike and <laughs> two soft players <laughs> traded for each other. Is that gonna be I'll enough start. time for Leon to recover after Sunday? Nope. Uh, <laughs> your ass better beat it. <laughs> no, I, I'll recover because you know what? Drinking that champagne, you know, you can recover very quickly. Victory, <laughs> victory cigar. Drinking that Andre, man, that that, that ten dollar Andre. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay. Monday night we'll be right back. So once you get your Super Bowl fix and you don't have anything to do on Valentine's Day, come hang out with them over at Basketball Life on the Step Back. I uh, can't wait to get your guys' thoughts on all things NBA. And the Lakers losing to the damn Trailblazers today. It's shorthand like last night. What a joke. Uh, basketball just pisses me off. But, uh, Lucas, uh, thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, what do you got going on here? Uh, and, and hopefully we'll have you back on again in the near future. Awesome. Sounds great, guys. Thanks for having me. You know, no problem. Always uh, our pleasure. Love having your Vikings perspective, and you always offer a ton of insight. We greatly appreciate it. Now, Corey Decker, you have a new podcast as well to tell us about it, and uh, maybe we'll have you on here in the near future as well, maybe with the 100th episode and uh, maybe the draft preview. Well, I guess the only thing that I'll ever have in common with Dr. Dre is that I'll trigger Karen's with my new podcast. Uh, Melvin and I, we have a uh, Melvin Lopez. I'm going to butcher his name. Uh Melvin with the Baseball Cosmos, we have a Christianity podcast that's just basically calling out some of the bullshit that a lot of our Christian family members do. Uh, hopefully have an episode Saturday, and uh, yeah, I'm just super excited about it. What's the name? It's called The Heathens, The Heathens Podcast. Um, I probably, yeah, we're, we're brand new. We have one episode up, and we've got another one going this week, so I'm really excited about it. 
Can't wait. Well, go check that out. I know I have to go check it out. I've been slacking on that, so I need to go give you a listen, Corey. So congrats on that. Uh, wish you nothing but the best. Um, Thank you. Uh, so before we go, Henry has uh, some bets he'd like to lay out for us. Do you have any prop bets, Henry, or anything of interest for you? Because I, I kind of said what I was going to bet on, but uh, the Super Bowl is historically known for, for, for prop bets. So what are you thinking? Real quick, I, I think a short bet is when you hit me with the 48 points is the, the over-under, I think the over is almost guaranteed money to me. I know you think otherwise, but take the over on that game, take the over on that game, take the over on that game. I, I think it's going to be close. It, it, it's going to straddle that line really close. Oh yeah. So that's the DraftKings line. If you, I think other lines, I, I think another sports book had it at 54. That is a much more sexy line. That to me. makes yeah. sense to me. Right. Yep. Yeah. You'll get a lot of, I, I think 48 is too low. Yeah. But 48 is uh, also, you know, Vegas knows what they're doing here. If it's, if it's uh 28, 27, you're going to be like, how the hell did they know? You know, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a couple funny ones. I like the price of Bitcoin. If it's going to go up or down, <laughs> how many proposals after the game oh god this is, this one is a, to, me, to me i think this is a guaranteed uh money maker if a player is doing the icky shuffle during the game yeah oh, that's, I, that's, that's a guarantee that's straight guaranteed money right there that's definitely doing that. put 500 dollars on that and you're gonna get paid uh pay a manning strike a michelob ultra commercial uh, What's the national anthem? Why Michelob Ultra? Easy national anthem. I saw ninety-five seconds, which I think is it's his uh, new beer. Who's doing it? Um, I'll double check because uh, I don't remember the name off the top of my head. It is Randy. The way she killed it last time. Uh, Mickey Guyton. Oh, no hmm. idea. Who? She's good. <laughs> country artist, black country artist. She's really good. Oh, she's oh, black. Go take the over. Average Super Bowl length is one minute and 56 seconds. So I would take the over regardless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because she's black, I'd like 15 seconds. There's a couple player bets that I think of slam. I think Cam Makers 64 yards. Um, that's that's a money bet to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Odell Beckham, five and a half receptions, I think. That'll be close. Von Miller with a sack. I think that's going to happen. I mean, that that Cincinnati line, we've seen what can happen. Matthew Stafford, anytime interception, take that bet. Oh, oh, easy yeah. money. Take oh. that bet. <laughs> also, the surest bet of the entire game will be the coin toss. Whoever wins the coin toss will defer. 100% guaranteed. Bet that easy money. Walk away with some dollars in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Do you know which prop bet is the biggest money mover? Not the coin toss, right? No. Gatorade color. The commercial. The Gatorade color. Yeah. Yellow. Um, they uh, kind of spoiled the Bengals color. So if the Bengals win, it's most likely orange. Orange, um, orange, is, orange is the, the top one. Uh will be yellow. Yeah. Golden shower. I think they'll, I think they'll go blue. blue. <laughs> yeah. I think they'll go blue. Oh, blue it's blue. orange, blue, lime green, yellow. All that plus three fifty, but orange is plus one thirty five, so they're the favorite. I might bet the yellow. We'll see I got the a, action there. Another thing Florida doesn't do. I have to find a place to bet it. 
Wow. You brag about Florida and you can't even make uh, a simple bet. Come on. I can't bet or smoke weed, but I could do everything else, including not wear a mask until this week. Hey, I don't have to wear a mask starting tomorrow. So I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's uh, welcome to 2020, Randy. Can't smoke, can't stream. That's, that's a bad trifecta, bro. The stream is my problem. Not, not uh, but seriously, though, I got to say thank you for. Randy and Matt, y'all held it down this whole year. Like, seriously, y'all two offs on your shows. Pretty much when we step back a little bit, no pun intended, you guys really <laughs> held the fort down. We appreciate you guys. You kicked ass all year. And y'all, y'all dudes are amazing. So that's. Jacob, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. And, you know, we're, we always have you, like to have you on. And I got to come on the step back here in the future and vent about the Oh, Lakers, absolutely. So. We got to complain about the Lakers and the Knicks. That's happening. Got, give me one prediction, all of you, really quick. What company is going to have the best commercial? Ooh. Doritos. <laughs> Budweiser. Safest bet. I'm going to say Tesla. Oh, I didn't think about that. I'll play Geico. I'll go Geico. Elon Musk time. Yeah. Corona. Mm. Uh, I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to make fun of themselves. T-Mobile. Uh, I'll say Google. I, You know, I'm going to go Indeed. Okay. Nice. I like that. Vince likes that. Yeah. Yeah. That's close <laughs> to my heart. Yeah, that, he didn't think of it. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be Pfizer or Moderna or Johnson and Johnson. That's for sure. I'm going to keep it nice. Do we, we get an AT and T commercial? Of course. Yeah. Oh, with your with your girl. Oh God, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. She should be the halftime. I almost said Verizon. AT and T is a better call. AT and T. All right, guys. Well, thank you for having me. As always, sir. Yes, thank you all for joining us. It has been so much fun to do this. And I just want to wrap it up by saying, you know, the Giants started the Gatorade pouring on on teams, just so you would all remember the Giants have a rich history of success. Uh, I even know that they're in poverty now. And Florida invented Gatorade, just saying. Okay, now now we're done. Uh, (laughs) I I would believe it more if you said they invented Powerade. No, Florida Gators, Gatorade. Unfortunately, we're correct about this. Mm -hmm. All right, John, real quick for the viewing audience, um, you know, I'm just going to wrap it up with Ricky said Amazon. Only if Jeff Bezos is in a divorce hearing will I rank that the best commercial. And then, it's like uh, Pitbull. Yeah. And then number two, um, Randy, as always, thank you for, you know, always jumping on. You know, we had a lot of podcasts this past year and it's been busy. We've had Corey on, we've had Henry on, Jacob, Lucas, Leon, like all you guys see on the screen right now, we've had them on for prediction shows, the draft special, all this stuff. And it has been a wild ride. Um, I do want to say we're going to have one more episode following the Super Bowl. And then we're taking a hiatus, right, Randy? We're going on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) I got a wedding fast approaching. I got some things changing in my life. I need to take some time and get my stuff situated, but we will be back. We got to get this hundredth episode in. We got some drafts to talk about free agencies coming up in a couple of weeks. So we won't be gone for too long, but yeah, we will be taking some time off. Can I hit you you with one more thing? One last time. I promise ever. You, you, uh, we got all night. What well, you have all night? I don't. I don't have all night. I was being sarcastic. Your, well, your favorite song right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's your favorite song. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> I regret giving him the time for that. That is the last <laughs> time I will ever play. Yeah, what the hell? It's right in the center of my screen, too. Yeah, oh, that's. Shit. Last time I play that song. 
That, oh, man, we hit rock bottom in our show. We were doing yeah. so good, and then now we just yep. plummeted. Good night. Like Omicron, we just plummeted. I was going to say, your time in Hawaii. Been a pleasure. Um, enjoy your Friday evening, which is tomorrow, Saturday. And remember, public service announcement, do not drink and drive, Uber, uh, Lyft, friends, spend the night, hotels, whatever. But please do not drink and drive Sunday evening. I can't think of a better way to end it. Thank you all for joining us on the Facebook live stream. Thanks for watching on YouTube and thanks for listening on all of the audio only platforms. I'm Randy Hannon and for Matt Bushnell and all the guests joining us for our Super Bowl special. Enjoy Super Bowl 56 and we'll see you guys next Tuesday.